Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies. Today with me, I have Ryan. Hey, what's going on? You thought I was gone? I'm back. <laughs> back again from Dragon Questicles. And today I also have Nick with me. Hey, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Captain Tangent. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Growing pains, growing pains. Is that your new nickname? Is that what we're going to call you? I'm not giving it up, so it's going to stick. <laughs> I like it. Stick with it. Stick with your yeah, gun. You so. lean into that. Yeah. That's about. <laughs> if I could help it. I would. Believe me. <laughs> Screw the audience. I don't care what they say. <laughs> Where's the mute button at? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so today, like always, we'll just start off real quick with movie news. Uh, just kind of top it off. Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Or sorry, not Daredevil. Why did I say that? Punisher, Punisher, Punisher. and Jessica Jones. Uh, they got canceled. So Netflix Marvel Universe is completely done. Mm, I'm sure everyone saw, saw coming, that. Com- so. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sad about it, though. Punisher was one of my favorites. I, I thought that I'm so glad that it was able to push through and get the uh-huh. second season or the third season, second season. Uh, second I believe season. second, yeah, yeah second, second season. season. Two I was hoping for a third season, but hey, yeah, I guess Jessica Jones' third season is still going to come out, but it's officially canceled. Oh, is so, that right? I didn't yeah. know that. So okay. I heard third season's coming out. They have a two-year cooling off period that's, I guess, in the Marvel contract with. Uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, they're basically all the Defenders. Now, the only exception from that is the Punisher, because he's a spinoff. He's not a part of that two-year cooling down period. So, so he, could Ryan, show, he could show up in a movie. Yeah, so you oh, man. maybe John Berthal might, you know, do a Punisher movie, but it's still kind of attached to Netflix, so who knows, you know? But <laughs> I'm going to miss Daredevil the most. I'm yes. going to miss him the most. I thought yeah. he was good. So good. So good. Oh. What is it, Courtney Cox? Is that his guy? Courtney, Courtney Cox. Yeah, that's correct. It's yeah. Courtney From Cox's friends, brother, yeah. Charlie Cox. Amazing acting. Yeah. Great performance by Courtney Cox. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney Cox, American, and Charlie Cox, British. Don't know how that. <laughs> and, his, and his buddy there. What was his buddy's name? I forget. Uh, Dewey from Dewey. Scream? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> David Arquette. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. That's exactly so, the one. <laughs> oh, man. So sad to see them go, but you know what? I think. It was good that we at least got that. Ten years ago, we would have been happy to have anything from Marvel, I'm pretty sure. Or just any. Some of the most incredible fight scenes ever put on (sighs) television, if you count Netflix's television on Daredevil. Amazing work. I like Daredevil's little uh, jump and kick flip thing. And a much better better outfit than the uh, uh, Batflack outfit from the old Daredevil, the Kevin Uh Smith Daredevil. Sorry to see them go, but then we have A Quiet Place 2, which is going to be coming out. John Krasinski. Krasinski back to director. Krasinski is back to director. Almost Captain America back to director. (laughs) Yeah, he was a very close number two for Captain America. It's Jack yeah. Ryan. I'm, I'm happy with him as Jack Ryan. Hey, either way, I'm ha- I'm happy. <laughs> he does good work. He deserves it. Apparently, they offered Chris Evans, like, they offered him the Captain America role apparently like seven times. I don't know if that's true, but they offered it to him a lot before he I, finally I believe accepted it. he turned it down more than once because he didn't want to be typecast and he yeah. had done the crappy Fantastic Four movie. Oh, that, Relatively which crappy. Which one? The no. first one's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're all crappy. Every single Fantastic Four movie ever made is crappy. But we got Silver Surfer in the second <laughs> oh, one. <that's, laughs> uh, who did the voice of that? The guy from Morpheus. Homicide, Life on the oh, Street. Oh, yeah. Was, was it Morpheus? Was it Morpheus? No. Oh, maybe it was, it was Lawrence Morpheus. Fishburne. I don't oh, remember. Man. I thought it was the other guy. I mean, I literally have from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. The no? Brooklyn... Oh, oh, really? I think that's him. Okay, interesting. I don't... No, I, he, no was he was in, in it, it but right. he wasn't the voice. Yeah. See, that's why, that's why you, I have you guys here. <laughs> I like how I'm scratching my head. Like, who's the voices guy? I literally have my computer and my phone in front of me with yeah. all access to, you know, no knowledge of the world. And, and I'm pretty certain that all the audience is just yelling at their phones. <laughs> Come on, you we can't do, think we of do a it name. On purpose. It's we Lawrence Fishburg. Yeah, Morpheus. So anyways, Nick, you said you had a couple of bit of movie news that you want to go into. Listen, I saw I 
saw the Rocket Man trailer recently with Taron Egerton from what's that movie that he's in? The Knightsman? Kingsman. 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 Kingsman yeah. yeah, they're all right. <laughs> but I, it was a pretty incredible uh, trailer. Like I, I have no interest really in seeing an Elton John biopic. But I thought the same thing about Queen with the Bohemian Rhapsody uh-huh. biopic that came out this past year. It was nominated for Best Picture. It might win. It might win in a couple of days. This direction that they're going in, we talk about fan service with Star Trek. Same thing with uh, music biopics. Mm-hmm. They're not really, they don't care so much about telling you the truth. They want you to have a good time at the movies and squeeze a bunch of good Elton John songs in there. But I thought it looked good. I thought people should check it out. It's Honestly, I, I think they might as well just do a musical using the. You know like, what? There's like a dance sequence in the trailer. I think that's actually the direction they're is going. Is there going to be a sing along? <laughs> and, and actually, Bohemian Rhapsody, there's not like a dance a- sequence, but they do the Live Aid concert. It's like the last 30 minutes uh-huh. of that movie. It's hey, incredible. I thought Across the Universe was a great movie. I liked it a like, lot. Jim Sturgill. A, a very Sturgis? nice tribute to the Beatles. I think yeah. what the same thing with underrated. Queen. Yeah. It's an underrated movie. Not enough people have seen that movie. Across the Universe. If they did that with Queen, if they did that with Elton John, I think it would be a hit. It works on Broadway. They do it all the time on Broadway, so... All right. I haven't seen Queen yet, so or Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody, Rhapsody, yeah, yeah. or I Across the Universe. <laughs> I had my reservations, but you know what? It's pretty good. It's number one on the blog for this year. I think it might win Best Picture. Although Brian Singer's involvement might put a hamper on that. Yeah. <laughs> how, about, uh, how about Twilight Zone trailer? Anybody check that out? I haven't Jordan seen Field? it, but I really want so to see it So there's an now. extended trailer now. It's a couple of minutes uh-huh. long, and it shows clips from, uh, I would think, multiple episodes. Mm. And it makes me feel a little bit better from that weird Super Bowl spot that they had. Okay. okay. Yeah, that was, was such a, a quick, brief. Yeah, it was too quick. Yeah. So I'm excited for the Twilight Zone. So we'll see. We'll <laughs> that, see. <laughs> that and of course the Oscars. The Oscars are Sunday for people who care about that stuff. So yeah, no, no, no. It's all about the Grammys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't ask Ariana Grande that. Come on. <laughs> Nobody showed up for it. That's all I heard. Or Donald Glover didn't show up for it, but he always does his own thing. Childish so. Gambino. Yeah. yeah. From Community. Yeah. From that's right. Yeah. From Community. So moving on, we're gonna go a little bit into the show today. We're doing Argo. So, does anyone remember what year that came out? 2012. 2012. 2012. Oh, okay. So, 2012. Right. When right the there. world was going to end. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> Wait, can I can I do one more tangent before we start? Because we right get ahead. so in depth. All right, on these Captain. <laughs> so, because of last week, 2009 Star Trek episode, it was a good episode. I listened to it. Uh, Kurt Russell as Han Solo was brought up on the show when we were talking about castings. I actually went and watched that footage. Oh, yeah. It. You know what? I'm glad it worked out to be Harrison Ford. <laughs> I didn't think it was that great. And the script is really weird, too, because they're reading, uh-huh. obviously, like a, a different version of the script. And it was it was odd. Very yeah. odd. My favorite kind of urban legend of Kurt Russell, I don't know if it's true or not, is that apparently when Walt Disney was on his deathbed, his last words were Kurt Russell. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's true. I heard Somebody it on, fact check yeah, that. Like, <laughs> he escaped from New York. He escaped from L.A. Now yep. he has to escape from Disneyland. He escaped from you, the thing. The yeah. Escape from L.A. That's an underrated movie. The sequel's pretty good. I think that's a good movie. Hey, man. I know all, like, from 2000 Stargate. and earlier, okay. that's my gear. How about Stargate? Any Stargate fans? <laughs> oh, I wanted sequels oh, to Stargate. That's a good movie. <laughs> I like Art of the Steel, but yeah. <laughs> so, so get back off. From tangents so right, today sorry. we're yeah no it's all right so today we're going to be doing argo and our first kind of bit into it is ryan what was your reaction to the movie argo fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> no, i like man, it it was great man they, they only say it like 11 times or so, in the movie, so. <laughs> they had to man <laughs> works but every time for the audience out there this was my pick this is my suggestion into the podcast Thank you, producer ryan and uh, hey 
it's just as I remembered it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Very stressful at the end. Mm -hmm. But with it, it brought about this wave of relief when it was over. There you go. So as always, we'll kind of go into a scene by scene commentary. If we skip some things like things you guys like, please don't hate on us. We're doing our best right here. This is kind of a long <laughs> movie. It's two hours long. And sometimes we just forget things. Listen, so hate, hate is good for ratings. Go yeah. ahead and hate on us. <laughs> just all, watch it a bunch of times too. <laughs> it's all press, man. You know, good, bad, whatever. We'll there's, there's no such thing as bad press. Yeah. Just ask that know. guy from Empire. How that's hey, oh yeah. that's uh... <laughs> they, they downloaded it. They already listened to it. That's all we care yeah, about. Yeah, we already got it. It. You can't undo that. So, so we start with this movie with kind of a brief history lesson and it's shown in animation. And basically it's the U.S. and Britain. They installed, um, I'm going to butcher this name. I'll just call him Reza as the Shah. The Shah of Iran. Yeah. Basically that's what they call him. Yeah. Shah of Iran basically for money, oil, greed, all that fun he, stuff right you there. You know, he was... Uh... Uh, not to go too down the road of the history, but he was going to westernize Iran. And I yeah. think the Shia community really disliked that part about him. Yeah, so, yeah that was yeah. the thing they had mentioned in the beginning, too. That, Very that conservative was his, community mm -hmm. that was like, we're not having this. Yeah, so that was his kind of plan. And they even say in the intro that he's a harsh leader. Now, keep in mind, I didn't do any real actual history, you know, He was harsh. He's like Assad. He's like, you know, you got Assad in Syria. He'd be akin to something like that but today. Tyler, what about your PhD in Middle Eastern uh, history? history? <laughs> <laughs> That's Wait, am, I on, am I on the wrong podcast? <laughs> I showed up for the wrong podcast. <laughs> Damn it. So basically, he was known as a harsh leader, but, you know, I guess it's Iran. You know what I mean? Who isn't known as a harsh leader in the Middle East or at some point? And he was overthrown in 1979. And a cleric who, I guess, was in isolation or exile had took over. Of, yeah, had took yep. over. Of, made, made fun of once in a Naked Gun movie, which is incredible. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so we have it when the Shah gets cancer. He receives asylum in the U.S. So he gets cancer, receives time in the U.S. This is by and, Jimmy Carter, makes yep. that call. It's questionable. Yep. And so the people are upset in general because he's... To say the least. Yeah. He's a harsh leader, <laughs> all this stuff. Apparently, yeah. Now, now I'll do a typical tangent here. Uh, this this way they did it, co-weaving the comic with some real footage, I had totally forgotten about that opening. That's an uh -huh. interesting way to take on yeah, that, yeah. those years of history and when I, they when they introduce you to this story. And uh, when I first saw it's this, pretty clever. I thought comic books also, but later on in the movie. It's storyboards. It, yeah, right, it's storyboards. Yeah. Uh -huh. It looks like comics. Yeah, yeah. no, but it, it, they look great. The animations look awesome. The art design looks really good. And then the... We're the, talking about hard subject matter, too. So to yeah. introduce it like that, it comes off kind of easier to swallow. Yeah, and, mm. and some of the fade transitions from the real pictures into the into the comic book drawings, they look awesome. Mm -hmm. They look great. It's a great way to squeeze 50 years of history yeah. into two yeah. minutes. You know <laughs> what I mean? And it yep. really is. So. Absolutely. And it was very, yeah, it's bite size. So that way, when you jump into the movie, you get everything all at once. You yeah. know where you're at in this moment when it breaks to where we are now. Oh, yeah, absolutely right there. So we have it where the people are upset. They take to the streets outside the U.S. Embassy. And so we got that scene where they're all just out there, just a huge crowd of people all shaking the gate. And then eventually one of them jumps over. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, as one of them jumps over, the others start jumping over too as well. And then we get that kind of breakdown of the people inside the embassy where they immediately shred and burn every document that they there, have in there's there. There's that moment that, it's only a second, but there's that moment where Tate Donovan and another gentleman look out the window and they say, ooh, the crowds are getting bigger out there today. Yeah. yeah. I think that's uh, interesting because this had been building for some time. Yeah. So it shows that these they've been maybe not breaking into the embassy, mm -hmm. but they've 
they've been rioting and upset with Americans for some yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, because the main thing is the people, they want the Shah to be returned and to stand justice. And they talk about a little bit later in the movie how the U.S. doesn't want to do that because they can't just turn over every dictator that they have in their back pocket, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Because then other people are going to fall, not want to kind of team up with them. But th also, the thing is, oh, it's just crazy. Is it, it just takes one person, one, like... If it was a buildup of crowds over weeks, days, weeks, months, whatever, it just take that one person to jump over the fence, then another person, and then they pull out the the, the mm -hmm. bolt cutters. Yeah, man, it's it's a scary thing. Like, oh yeah, and everyone. This movie uses crowds and mobs almost like a science. I mean, uh, Ben Affleck, who I, I'm predispositioned to not like, does such a good job. Yeah, with yeah. showing that just the physicalness of of being in a crowd of a bunch of people, how scary that can be, and that mob mentality. Now, real quick, was this Ben Affleck? Netflix first directorial debut no, he was, did, or he, did he do something before he had done gone baby gone which is a dennis lehane novel and then he mm -hmm. did the town he directed both oh, of those yes, yes, this right, is his yes. third okay, one so it, third, okay. he built up to it yeah so i didn't expect it to be bad but i remember when this movie came out i rolled my eyes like i can't be this good he can't be this good but <laughs> turns out it's a pretty damn good movie hey, the town wasn't that bad man the I town really is a good movie it. Yeah. i still need to see the town so. oh it's actually <laughs> jeremy renner if you like jeremy renner oh yeah oh it's a classic renner performance yeah i'm definitely gonna have to check out the town and gone baby gone if you haven't seen that, that's his little brother, Casey. Yeah. Very good mm. in that movie. I saw, uh, God, what did he win the Oscar for? Uh, oh, Manchester by Manchester the Sea. Manchester by the Rough Sea. Rough watch, man. man. Tyler. Oh, man. That's a five-hour ta oh, talking man. flick episode. So sad. Oh, <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> rough, rough watch. All right. Let's get back to Argo before I start crying. So, <laughs> so we have it where as the people jump over the wall, and it's just a good scene in general when they're jumping over the wall, and you have just everyone inside shredding, burning, and you have the military in there, or I guess if they're a part of the UN, they're starting to armorize. Yeah, it was my old job. Ready. I was a 8152 Security Force Marine, so that's uh, it's like embassy duty. There usually you have military that protects those buildings. There you go. They so, actually yeah. weren't oh, in the embassy. The, the, the reason that these six get out is because they were in an adjacent building. That's okay. how they can get to the back. Yeah, room. that's what yeah, I yeah, kind yeah. of figured right mm -hmm. there because they have that decision. It's cutting back and forth. We have the people shredding, burning all these documents, and then you have those six who are, if they're going to leave, they have to leave right now. They have those people in there applying for their visa. I got to yeah. say some questionable decisions by the security guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, first of all, first of all. I don't know. I they, tried to find out if any of that was true, but man. First of all, the guy such suspect. in the very beginning, he makes sound logic don't kill anyone if we kill right, someone that's, then that's it's fine. going to be war yeah. and you don't want that on your shoulders very good idea then the second idea terrible idea worst idea ever <laughs> but i'll let tyler explain what happens so, so basically as they're trying to weaponize or loading everything up they're getting the tear gas raid ready you know of course you have the commander or whoever it is one in charge who's obviously in charge says don't use the tear gas unless it's a last resort immediately not even a second later someone shoots out the tear gas and so yeah man yeah. and they're breaking in crowbars and bad but again like stuff. you, you yeah. see so that violence use of the crowd you you can feel that uh, the just the sheer size of that crowd is causing everybody to be afraid including those soldiers that are that's their job but yeah, still man. it's it's a stressful moment it's definitely a stressful moment and you kind of feel for both sides of it the people who want justice do. and the people inside you know where it's just like you don't know what's going to happen these yeah. people might hang you they might kill you torture you everything right there and you're just the 
janitor. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, you know, you yeah. just work there. And, and so. they're just trying to do their job. And these people are trying to get to the U.S. And yeah. they're going to be labeled traitors. And, they're and going to be hanged. They're going to be executed. It's crazy. Don't forget, I thought it was great to include the people that were just in the waiting room. Yes, oh, exactly. Absolutely. see just regular folks there trying yeah. to get their passports. Yeah. And you can their... see the, the fear in their eyes, the worry. They didn't know what's going to happen, uh -huh. what they're going to do. Last week, we had Star Trek. This week, Argo, I'm telling you, the casting top to bottom in this movie. Oh, yeah. Un oh, yeah. Unreal. Yeah. The only thing I would say as far as the casting goes is with the six, I feel like they could have been casted by almost anybody. Mm. I mean, if that makes sense, just because they're not all fleshed that. out. <laughs> Maybe, that's just me in general. I feel like Brian Cranston does a really good job. You know, I like to really argue, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the end, you see, well, at the very Scoot end. Scoot McNeary. This is, this is his peak performance. <laughs> when they were doing When they were doing the credits, like, literally, the side-by-side -side comparisons of the actors yeah. and the people, it, yeah. they look spot on, man. I don't know. You can't anybody <laughs> look like that guy. So. <laughs> and again, mustache work, 80s, 70s glasses. Is yeah. incredible. Longer yeah. hair, all that stuff. So, you know. <laughs> Maybe so, they could have recasted Tony, Tony Mendez. I honestly <laughs> think if you were going to recast one person, it would have been Bat, it been uh, Bat Flex okay. performance. Yeah. But right. he has highs and lows in this. Yeah. yeah. But some of the lows are distracting. They're, yeah. And we'll get into it a little bit later yes, yes. on. But so we have it where the six lets those people go because those they're just applying for their visa. The Iranians plan for their visa. And they're, of course, when they break in when there's the breach that happens they're not going to be happy that these people are applying for visas so the six and these iranians they split they take to the streets and you have that scene where it cuts back to the military and they're trying to fight off these guys as much as they can and the leader says you know let me go out there and try to negotiate and reason with these people not a good idea terrible idea yeah. make such a nonsense and it decision. was far beyond the time he of takes off his yeah. black jacket for one yeah why yeah. would you take oh, off your man. i mean come on man <laughs> i'm gonna reason with them oh yeah you're gonna reason with the mob all yeah. right and good luck with that literally he signed himself to death to yeah. die and yeah. <laughs> and now he's like let me in. Open the door. Open. It. Right. Come on, man. That, now you're that's just... really the bad part. If he was going to go out there and then not beg to come back inside, yeah, eh, still a horrible decision. Right. Yeah. But all right, he sacrificed himself idea. to the lambs. But now he's knocking on the door, yeah. saying, "Open the door." Okay. Well, that now Especially you're making. Especially if you don't speak Farsi, it's yeah. like how are you going to yeah. negotiate these people? You know. <laughs> so um, after that scene, we kind of cut to where the State Department and the White House Chief of Staff it's cutting back and back, and we have it where. Long story short, it's a clusterfuck. You know, they get breached. You have basically the State Department trying to figure out what they're going to do, how they're going to take these people in. And they know that there's 50. So they know that there's 50 apparently hostages over at the U.S. 60. Embassy. I think it's 60. It's 60. Is it 60? I thought it was 50 60. 50 to 60. Yeah, somewhere yeah, so, in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, Again, we, good casting, though. You have Kyle Chandler there from mm -hmm. Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Chris Messina, who shows up in a couple of Ben Affleck movies. He was in Live By Night, which Affleck directed after he did... Uh, the Donna Justice movie. Yeah. <laughs> Did not go well. I thought that movie was okay, though. And then this guy, um, what's his name? Uh, Trace Wellinger or whatever, the guy from Bosch. That's yeah. That's a TV show. Mm -hmm. Man, that guy's got a cool face. Yeah. He looks like a State Department guy. <laughs> he looks... He looks like a guy to me. So hey, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to explain. Salt and pepper. All these guys have the salt and pepper working. Yeah, man, it's the stress. All of them are in their like mid twenties. Right. They all smoke oh, yeah. twenty cigarettes, unfiltered camels. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, everyone smokes so much in this movie. <laughs> Dog, <laughs> honestly, I don't know how they deal with the stress. If I was in that situation, I don't know what I would do. And, and I would say we brought it up a little bit. Batfleck has such a stoic performance. He's like the only one not stressed out. It's kind of weird. Man, cool having Luke, man. Is that what it is? <laughs> right. Too cool for school. All right, I get it. So we cut to where basically the, the State Department and the White House, or Chief of Staff, sorry, um, they know that 
there's that's real life John Hamilton, real life yeah. chief of staff. Yeah. <laughs> Is <it>? Jimmy Carter, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have it where there's people hostages over at the U.S. Embassy, and they know that six Americans have escaped, and they're hiding out at the prime minister, the Canadian prime minister's it's, house. It's weird that they knew right away, too. It's That is not uh, uh, an embellishment of the movie. They actually knew almost immediately. They had been turned away by a couple of folks, and then the Canadians took them in. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's because the Canadians probably told the Americans where they that they had six yeah, of them because yeah. it's the prime minister who's hiding them in his house so and it's crazy they reveal it later on that basically though the ambassador from canada they basically signed their own death certificate yep. if they get caught yeah. right i don't know that canada gets enough credit in this movie right well at yeah. the very they end sort of, at the very they end they give do. it to him at, and they change the ending i think to give him even more credit because they right. weren't going to acknowledge it a lot and mm-hmm. then they give you that little card at the yeah end. i mean yeah. definitely the prime minister and of course his wife you know they talked about the risk beforehand but yeah, yeah. they, they a, knew they, it they they accepted it and they took them in. So, Victor yeah. Garber from uh, Legends of Tomorrow, right? That's the Canadian ambassador. I don't remember. Yeah. So he's got a, He's been around. No, he's no, he's great actor. though. I yeah. I really enjoyed his yeah, performance. He, he he fits the bill there. And then you see the real guy, and he kind of looks like the real guy. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with the Asian wife, I'm glad that yeah, they, they kept. Yeah, that. right. <laughs> a very progressive movie. <laughs> so, listen, since we brought that up last week of Star Trek, Tony Mendez, Hispanic, although he, I guess he says he was he grew up, he didn't speak Spanish, he didn't associate himself as a Hispanic. But it Ben Affleck, like <laughs> you know, Boston white guy playing a Hispanic guy, <laughs> any problems with that? <laughs> hey. But. Politics, man, yeah. drives ratings. Yeah. <laughs> as a Mexican who, or as a half Mexican who doesn't speak any Spanish, it's fine. <laughs> if Tony Mendez, the real Tony Mendez, was okay with it, how could we argue? Yeah, exactly. So. And I great it, facial hair too. By I give Affleck. it to Ben Affleck. It's it's his movie. He can do yeah. whatever he wants, <laughs> and he's gonna put himself in it because that is who Ben Affleck is. I'll play is. every single part right. in this movie. <laughs> I'm surprised Batman didn't show up. Wait, who did the the Resident Evil movies? Oh, uh, Jovovich, the director or yeah, the, the director? He uh, put his wife in there. I can't oh, remember is his that, name. Is that yeah, his, yeah. That's, that's his wife. Yeah, yeah, that's his wife. That. Yeah, <laughs> so he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> She's great in it, though. She's yeah, really good. Like Adam Sandler's movies too. I'm just gonna have all my friends in my movies. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the connections, man. You can do it. <laughs> so we have it where you know you have those people who are hostages over at the embassy, and it's been released that. They're not going to let these hostages go until the Shah is returned to Iran. And, of course, the U.S. says, no, we're not going to extradite him. Great scene with that lady, that actress that re, uh, reimagines that scene where the woman is talking into the microphone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's played over and over on U.S. media. Yeah. Just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we cut to 69 days later. So hey, real quick. Yes. Nice. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> <laughs> so we have it where we kind of meet the... They introduce Ben Affleck, Batfleck, Tony Mendez, and he's part of CI Exfils. And I did not look up Exfils at all. I'm going to assume... Exfiltration, man. Gets Exfiltration. people out. <laughs> they make it sound so cool. It's Exfils. <laughs> it's so. extracting people from high target, you know, whatever. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. I'm going to say that he looks terrible, though. He looks, yeah. he looks so bad. <laughs> he's leaning back in the chair in the State Department. Mm-hmm. It looks a little weird for me. I, in the very beginning, I remember the first time I saw this, the choices he makes as Tony Mendez, immediately I was distracted by them. Uh-huh. But as the movie goes on, it does get a little bit better. So. Yeah, I mean, as far as his role as Tony Mendez, I mean, I don't know the real Tony Mendez or like that much about the real story you other see, than the he, movie. You but... see a lot of them on the uh, extra features of the Blu-ray. Okay. You go online, you see a lot of Tony. He's been around, so. He's, okay, yeah. Written a couple books. He's been around. All right, I'm going to have to check that part out. So <laughs> we cut to where it's the state and because the state is taking over with this. We meet Brian Cranston. I don't remember oh, his name. So I just called him Walter White. So. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Let's call him Walter yeah, White. We'll call that's him better Walter than his name in the movie. 
in my notes i just have ww for walter white so <laughs> so we have it where ben jack affleck, o'connell i mean come on is that is that his character can't even make that up yeah, it's <laughs> a good strong at, name. at some point i want to talk about chris terrio the guy who wrote and won an oscar for this movie because he goes uh-huh. on to do some interesting work after this okay yeah. okay uh, but i'll wait for you to tell me what yeah, so. <laughs> i don't want to get in trouble on time <laughs> no you don't <laughs> yeah our audience is ruthless yes yeah <laughs> so we have it where the state is discussing the sick the state is going to take over this bicycles yeah oh my god yes (laughs) so they're coming up they're kind of brainstorming ideas of how to rescue these six people in the u.s prime minister's house or sorry the canadian prime minister's house because they figured that the people in the embassy they're the most safest because they have all the cameras on them it's these six people that they're kind of most somewhat most concerned about and they feel like there's a ticking clock that they're going to figure out that they're missing yeah Yeah. and and one thing I really liked, and it wasn't a big factor for me, but it, they basically lay down the plot right then and there. Right. Like if you, w- they do it like five times in the yeah, movie. I know, I know. <laughs> but right, right off the bat, if all of that was too like, uh, like too confusing and too fast paced, and you weren't sure what was going on, they basically give the IMDb summary of what's going on yeah. right then and there. Correct. Yeah, I don't mind getting spoon fed that kind of info. I was just okay because, with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once again, okay just like Star yeah. Trek, didn't bother me. And I think because it's short kind of bits where it's like, this is what we're gonna do. You have to do this, this, and this. And when Cranston does it, it who cares? Yeah. Right? When Cranston's feeding it to you, it don't really matter what Dog, he's saying. <laughs> with, comparing it to Star Trek, Star Trek is like A to B to C. This was like A to G to F, man. Like. <laughs> And I, I appreciate it I more. I, I liked I it. Know. I liked it this better. Is, in, this is done with more style and with, with dealing with material that's more reputable. Yeah, but but same I, thing. what I'm saying, yeah, same thing. They do the same thing. They they feed they spoon feed the audience. But I feel that it was better executed here than in Star Trek. I, I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to spoiler alert. <laughs> but on my blog, I rated Argo 7.0 and Star Trek 2009 7.5. I could always revisit these things. But I just want to like, let the cat out of the bag. So we cut it back to where they're kind of brainstorming when it's um, Brian Cranston, Ben Affleck in that room with the state. Christmas and- Cena, man. I love that guy's <laughs> face with the mustache in the 70s. Unbelievable. <laughs> so we have it where it's too dangerous to take them out and just because the Iranian or I guess militia, they're knocking door-to-door houses, you know, like Jehovah's Witnesses. So they're trying to get these people out, find out who who exactly is staying with, staying, you know, Th- This with idea other that you could ride a bike 300 miles to the Iranian border. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the winter. <laughs> yeah, in the winter. And Tony Mendez is there to be like uh there's snow on the ground uh they're gonna need a crew behind them with a bicycle pump this is all nonsense yeah, yeah. all that stuff's very well done yeah. you know i mean they're kind of in a no-win situation in general yeah. just because if the bicycle is the best idea to come up with because this, they're is, thinking, this is a theme for talking flick movies that we cover no-win situations <laughs> and, and ben affleck at least says that in the movies like yeah. they're all bad decisions it's just which is the best bad decision this Correct. is our best bad good idea. writing right there good yeah, writing. yeah. Yep. definitely right there when, when he has good spoon-fed lines like that by chris terrio's great screenplay that won an oscar he he really brings it home. Mm-hmm. It's the in-between stuff I think he comes up a little short on. Mm. Right, so we have it where they're kind of throwing that spitball idea when it comes to the bicycles. They throw out the idea of labeling them as teachers, getting them basically Canadian passports as teachers. The only problem is there's no Canadian teachers in there at that For time. For eight months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even so, they're trying to think, well, maybe we'll label them as do-gooders. They're there to kind of a- build agro, crops. Yeah, yeah, folks. They're thinking, the we'll build them there. We'll get them to say, hey, they're are, do-gooders. Are there starving kids in Iran? I don't know. Are there? <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll get an ethnic, ethnic-appropriate kid for the poster. <laughs> and then, of course, Tony Mendez says, you know, look at this, you know, newspaper, and they see there's snow there. It's like, there's no way that there's people from farming who's going to be looking at this stuff right now because it's winter. Yeah. And so... 
we have it where they're kind of it cuts back to more of Iran or they're kind of talking about what's going on in Iran and how when it came to the shredded documents they kind of have they label it as a sweatshop where they have a bunch of boys just piecing together these little strips that yeah, they man. were going from the shredder and that sounds terrible yeah. that sounds like a bad job <laughs> yeah that sounds like a terrible job so it's one of the first times we fact checked the movie a little bit it yes they pieced together shredded documents no it was not done by sweatshops okay <laughs> <laughs> well they, I think they, that was just a quality yeah, full of bad people so. <laughs> but they're not that bad yeah it was somewhat of a metaphor so yeah 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 and apparently they kept mug shots of the everyone there so yeah. they kept the mug what a shots. terrible idea why yeah. did they do that they even I said know. that I know. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so long story short the hostages are fucked the ones at the u.s embassy they're not really good they're going to be there for a while and same with the six they're going to be there for a while too as do, well. do we care that the other 50 or 60 hostages that weren't part of the six weren't really in this movie does it bother us at all i i have there's some my, great scenes yeah but they there's a really, really good yeah. scene really good with scene that. i, I have my like, own opinions we can get into that later okay. yeah especially at the end when they tell how long it's been yeah, yeah. but 444 yeah. days yeah, yeah unbelievable it's yep. It's insane, man. It's it's rough. And so and even they say if any military force gets involved, they're gonna execute all the hostages they have at the embassy. So once again, they're in that kind of no win situation right there. How do yeah. we get these people out of here? And we kind of cut two words on the news, and we have where the U- US is retaliating against Iranians. So there's where they're interviewing people americans who are very upset that they have these hostages that's yeah that's the yeah. america i know yeah <laughs> real, real quick though like honestly the, the the shot when they're in the think tank it's it's so great how the camera angles are it makes the audience feel like they're part of the table right like they're having this conversation with everyone looking back and forth and uh, the framing that they did they do it off the shoulder they do it mm-hmm. not in sensor oh, great work yeah great no work. great cinematography on that in that portion even if you don't want to give batfleck credit for being best director he was not nominated for an Oscar for this movie everybody around him is unbelievable at what they do mm-hmm. whether it's the sound mixer the editor I think did he win an Oscar he won his only Oscar for this movie William Goldenberg he did Zero Dark Thirty that same year mm-hmm. movie I love called The Insider with Al Pacino Russell Crowe um, everything around this movie all the little side pieces whether it's the mixing the editing what kind of cameras they use between Hollywood versus what the Iran shots are all expertly done. Just yeah. a just a brilliantly made movie. And honestly, the dialogue, it's so good, man. Chris Terrio. Yeah. The, the, what happened to him, man? Because this is unbelievable. Yeah. Some of the other stuff, it's, I don't know. It's very quick paced. All of the retorts are very witty. Like, oh, they great. spitball ideas. They, when we get to they Hollywood. break them down, oh, man. This is like, I just want a whole really movie good. about what happened to Hollywood. <laughs> it was like I'm watching Gilmore Girls, but just a bunch of old men. Yeah. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Producer Ryan. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, definitely with the spit balling back and forth i like it it's the witty banter the witty banter is really good there's so so. much of it in this movie (laughs) (laughs) so we cut to where tony is watching tv over the phone with his son and that's when he gets the idea his son is watching Planet of the Apes over on Channel 5. I don't know why I remember Channel 5, but he's watching <laughs> cha- on Channel 5, and he's looking at the Planet of the Apes, and that's when he gets that IG- idea that they get the six Americans, they pose them as Canadian film crews scouting locations like Egypt, Istanbul, and Iran, of course, and then Tony's going to fly out there, Batfleck, and then he's going to leave with the six, and then that's when they mention John Chambers as a contact who is an actual real person who worked on the Planet of the Apes movies. So. And a real... Uh, uh, player with the CIA also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Did a lot of work with that. They say so. that he gets that award, the highest given award First, to citizens. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Well, he got a star, right? I did yeah, 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 good job. Yeah, I mean, just crazy in He general. was the first makeup guy to win an Oscar, too. It was an honorary Oscar oh, at first, yeah. so. But John Goodman, he does great. Oh, so One of my good. favorite actors. So One of my favorite actors. And, and the, the, the chemistry, the dynamics between him and Ben Affleck, they're awesome. Like, he's all on board, it, ready to give whatever he can to him. Pay attention to this part when it shifts from the Washington bureaucrat stuff, the Iranian stuff, to when they go to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. The music changes, the camera changes, the lighting changes. Yep. All of a sudden, it's happy-go-lucky. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a great choice. Yeah. Now, that's great direction. And it's great. It, it, it shows a nice contrast between oh, like perfect. this Hollywood world uh -huh. and in the real world of what's going on. Right. And it's like a little microcosm of what's going on in today's it's society. It's a bubble, man. Yeah, they man. Live in a bubble that we're all distracted by all these different <laughs> things, but something bigger is going on in the background. Right. Absolutely. I absolutely love how kind of Ben Affleck and just, you know, John Goodman, they have that relationship, that chemistry that's established. As soon as what's uh Kev what's Tony Mendez is his fake name that he uses. I think it's Kevin Hartwick. Kevin Harkin. Kevin Harkin. Yeah, yeah Kevin correct. Harkin. Yep. I like how as soon as John Goodman gets the call or Chambers gets the call that Kevin Hartwick's on the phone, he, he knows. Answers, yep. Hey, Tony, what's up? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so we, Great smile on John Goodman, too. Man, that guy's an unbelievable actor. <laughs> I feel like the real John Chambers is probably just, he was excited just to work on any CIA probably project. So. Like, I'll yeah. do anything. I don't care. Uh, like, <laughs> real life Mendez was an, was an art student for a while, too. He, oh, had, wow. he also designed tools for like some aerospace company before he got into the CIA. So he's got an artistic way about right. it too. So he appreciates what John Chambers does. Wow. Mm. Intelligent guy, it seems like too as well. Yeah, so. All those guys are super smart. Wow. So we cut back to where we were in Iran and we have the six. They're becoming stir crazy because of course they've been in there for 70 plus days. I won't say 69 again. Oh, just said it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're becoming stir crazy and the Iranians, they find out that there's some Americans missing just because from, I guess, you know, in quotes, the sweatshop that they're running. They get some pictures that they know doesn't match up with the people See, that they have. Honestly, the government, you need to invest in some cross-cut shredders, man. <laughs> I have one. It was like well, 20 the, bucks at, tr at true, Office true, Depot. True fact that the uh, incinder, incinerator did break in real life, so that's why they had to go to shredding. But they were going to burn everything at first. Wow. Hey, so. I don't know if you've ever tried to burn documents. It takes a long time. I've never <laughs> had to do that ever. Why? I've tried to burn and shred. Hey. Neither one is fun. Hey, I got a pass, all right? <laughs> burn as many documents as you can right. who are you it's ryan with an i <laughs> all right that makes sense now <laughs> again did i show for the wrong podcast, yeah. The wrong podcast? <laughs> but, yeah you want two two houses down oh, so okay, yeah Copy that. <laughs> to, just to bring it back though with john goodman and ben affleck when they're in the restaurant very good dialogue and then when john goodman basically voices out loud the plan of what's going on it sounds uh -huh. crazy you think man that's what we're going <laughs> to do? To me, it's the it's the uh, juxtaposition of the more mellow John Goodman, John Chambers character and the Alan Arkin, not true life character. I think it's Lester Siegel or something uh -huh. like that. Yeah, Lester. Just an, an algorithm of other Hollywood people. All their stuff together is priceless. Just the trio together, I like it a there, lot. There's that great scene when you were introduced to John Goodman when they're showing that cheesy horror movie he's making. Uh huh. Yeah, and yeah. Affleck's oh, like, yeah. hey, what are you working on? And he's like, uh, it's you know, it's a horror movie. And he's like, is it any good? He's like, I don't think the target audience is gonna like it. And he's like, who's the target audience? People with eyes. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just like this witty stuff that yeah, yeah, very probably clever. cheesy on paper, but delivered by expert actors is just wonderful. even just with the Minotaur in general. Oh, you know, yeah, man. <laughs> no, literally during this whole Hollywood scene, I was 
laughing. I was cracking up, especially oh, when Alan Arkin comes on. Oh, he's uh-huh. he does an amazing he job. He is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Did not win an Oscar for this. Oh, it's such a travesty. <laughs> so we have it where Tony's op gets approved. So they get it approved by the people in front, um, ahead of Pretty him, Pretty crazy. Of and yeah. the guy who approves it is the warden from Shawshank Redemption. Yes, he uh, is. Just yeah. so many good little piece <laughs> actors. Yeah. They only get these tiny little scenes, but they're so good, you know? Yeah. Casting again, unbelievable. Absolutely. So we have it where the op gets approved and just same thing right there. This is our best bad idea that we have. Yeah. This is what we're yep. going to have to go with. They call it, I think, the Hollywood idea. And In so, real life, it was called the Canadian caper. Did I get that right? Did anybody fact check <laughs> that? I did not fact check that you at know, all. The, so. Cana- <laughs> the Canadian caper, I think, is what it was called. Man, that sounds like a Scooby-Doo episode. Right? Yeah, a little cheesier in real life. <laughs> the haunting of the Canadian caper. So one, spe- <laughs> one of the special features, Batflex says that uh, if this wasn't a real story, you would have never got it made. But yeah. because it was real, they could actually go ahead and do it. Hey, no, so, I, which I, I believe him. I yeah, believe I believe Stranger that. than fiction, yeah. as usual. Yep. So we have it where Tony and John, or John Chambers, they talk to logistics, and they're going over what exactly it is that they need. So they need basically producers, they need directors, they need all that stuff. And I like the saying where he says, you can have a monkey be a director in a week. And so, <laughs> That's unbelievable. A racist monkey. As no he's less. saying it to Ben Affleck, you know, who's the director of this movie. Uh, and so, no, he, says, he says, no, you're not a director. At best, you're a producer. Hilarious. A little shot to the ribs. That's nice. Hollywood <laughs> again thinks they're better than the CIA. You know, Hollywood thinks they're the best. He just cuts a bit out. It's just like a slight tear in his eyes. Like, I'm not crying. You're crying. Yeah, crying. He, <laughs> Batfleck has like a like a like a resting sad face too, most does. of the time, he right? Does. It goes back to that interview with him and who played uh Superman when they're asking about Batman versus Superman. Oh yeah, Henry Cavill, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That Where interview, it was the meme. <laughs> yeah. Sad Ben Affleck. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to the logistics and that's when john chambers says they need somebody who's a somebody with credits to attach this movie to really sell it in general that this is an actual movie and then that's when they cue in lester and who uh, plays lester again alan arkin yeah. from arkin. catch 22 from little miss sunshine he won an oscar for oh, man. i mean uh-huh. you've seen him everywhere long so lustrous career such a long so career. he's so good yeah. in this yeah i think just the trio and ben affleck john goodman lester i can't remember his yeah name, man but all three of them together they're yeah, great yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I like his little quote when he's like if i'm gonna do a fake movie it's gonna be a fake, uh, it's hit. Gonna be a fake <laughs> hit yeah so, <laughs> so we meet lester and basically he's going to go win a lifetime achievement award and he only has a couple minutes to talk with them yeah and they tell him his idea their idea what they're trying to do to pull these six out and he tells him it's a suicide mission and i like how he's looking at that tv screen and he just sees all that kind of chaos that's happening it's outside so of that bubble it's yeah. So smart yeah the way they do that all the iran stuff that's in the background and the jimmy carter stuff that's in the background yeah. so expertly it, done it's, again it's yeah. like a window the uh-huh. tv screen you're just seeing and peering out into the world right. and that's what you see because mm-hmm. yeah. and you're having fun with these hollywood guys it's a perfect uh, showing of the bubble of hollywood yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Parties, right there, there, yeah. you know women in lingerie everybody's walking around having a good time beaches sun mm-hmm. and then you've got the seriousness that's going yeah. on in Iran. just playing in the background and, and, right and there. lester mm-hmm. is a character who understands it because he dictates it out basically he says yeah. uh, what does he say he says something about the cia blood on their breakfast cereal or whatever yeah. really smart line uh it's just so well made so well made absolutely so mm-hmm. we have it where lester says we're gonna need a script after he kind of sees that what's happening on the news he tells him we need a, um, a script and we cut back to basically the prime minister's house and the housekeeper knows pretty much that these people who are staying with them it's they're so not smart. canadian Again, so you know yeah. they don't go out much you know she's just letting them know i know great what's happening. performance by this actress too i i didn't catch her name but she's unbelievable in this yeah man <laughs> 
and like helps to really build the tension yeah. and it's one of those things that as the movie progresses if things are going to go bad they're going to it it, yeah. it happens yeah it's, absolutely what's that murphy's law yeah murphy's yeah, law. yeah murphy's yeah. law Something bad can so. happen it will happen <laughs> so we cut back to lester's house and we have the trio and they're all looking over scripts what script they're going to try to apply to this movie to get these six out and back they have where basically ben affleck is on the phone and they're already kind of prepping the bike idea they're prepping the teacher option so they're getting all their options ready right there and then that's when ben affleck sees argo an exotic middle eastern vibe yep there's a little piece there where they talk about how the state department had taken over the exfil project yeah whereas it used to be cia or military right. now the state department's going to do it that might have been mm-hmm. a jimmy carter thing a little bit of a transition for them so they were sort of rolling their eyes that they don't just get to run this thing. Yeah. But they got to run it through state. And so. state seems like they have an issue with just this sure. exfil operation sure. happening with the movie. And, you know, they seem like they have no experience considering the and, bike And idea. a little bit of and lack so, of trust between the two sides. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of cut into it a little bit earlier where they say, you know, Ben Affleck's surprised that the state's taking over it. And that's when they say, well, if they want to accept the blame for it, you know, go ahead and let them accept the blame for when this, you know, shit hits the fan, basically. So... <laughs> We have it where we cut in so where Lester goes with ten, Tony Mendez, Ben Affleck, and they go to go buy the script. Yeah. This is so. incredible. And by the way, he says at this part, were you going to say it? No, you're no, gonna no. You're going to say this line. It. I love this line where he's like, you're worried about the Ayatollah? You got to be worried about the WGA, the Writers Guild. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's incredible. It's such an in-Hollywood line to have. <laughs> so they're able to purchase that script for $10,000. Richard Kind. This is uh-huh. an actor that you've seen around. Yeah. Another, no, no, just no, a, a lot of tiny those. little shot in this movie, but he's great in the two seconds job, he's in it. What, yeah. He was in Taxi? Taxi. He was on Glee. Scrubs. <laughs> I remember yeah. in Scrubs. Yeah. He does a lot of voice work too. He does a lot of the Disney movies. Oh, really? Also, I didn't know yeah. that part. Right oh, there, so. But literally, probably one of the best scenes in the film. It's, Great face. It had me like laughing out loud. It was so good. And then that his going off into his big rant about how like your script is not going to get sell. You can either sell it to me or yeah. it's just going to go up uh, <laughs> shit creek, you know? <laughs> Cuz this is post Star Wars and this is a Star Wars ripoff. They're doing a 20 million dollar Star Wars ripoff right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're able to purchase that script for ten thousand dollars, and then we cut to where Lester with, and Tony. With all due respect, ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, with inflation, I guess you know, nineteen seventy was nineteen seventy eight or seventy nine. Seventy nine. So, yes, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to look that up right now. So. Seventy nine. I think we got it. We and got I do somewhere. like. It's funny because it shows a little bit of the background, the background of the government and what yeah. they're doing, like CIA, and the background of of Hollywood and what they're doing, and literally. Alan Arkin is lying to this guy saying, hey, I met with this guy. He gave me some inside information. It's uh-huh. not going to get made. <laughs> so we cut to where Lester and Tony, they just purchased that script. They're getting tacos and they're having a conversation, I guess, about being a terrible father. And, or at least that's what that Lester's having yeah, kind of nice conversation Nice little taco about. on the stair step, yeah. steps. Yeah. Around yeah. So they're having that conversation. I'm not exactly sure how it kind of ties into the movie other than just, you know, Tony Mendez's home life because, you know, you know he's kind of separated from his wife he mentions he's taking later break. on in the movie there's a moment where mendez talks about his family and and divulges his real name and yeah. i think it's important to establish he cares you know about his family even though he hadn't been around yeah. a lot i could see that right there because they do mention how you know the boys with the mother and everything and they talk about it's an important scene later in the movie i really like that <laughs> you know and yeah absolutely talk about the boy needs a mother so 
Now, they're kind of cutting back and they talk about where they need to make it a little bit more grand. They have business they, cards. They have, you know, another a poster. Line, such a, in Hollywood line where they talk about Rock <laughs> Hudson, who has his secrets. Yeah. Where they talk about if you want to sell a lie, you get the press to sell it for exactly you. Exactly <laughs> right there. So they kind of go over that. And so that's when they decide to set up this grand event. Studio Six, which I thought was funny. Studio Six and six people missing. You know, six Americans oh, yeah. are trying to pull Symmetry, out. Symmetry, so. man. Come on. It's beautiful. <laughs> now, was that really symbolism? Sure. Man? As I was writing, it was. Yeah, why not? As I was writing, I was like, "Oh, Studio Six, Six Americans. That makes so much sense." And no, so- <laughs> I'm pretty certain that's just like what is that in English class? Uh, Shakespeare made the curtains blue because the curtains are blue, not because he was going through some depression. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> so we have it where they set up this grand event to promote the fake movie, just to kind of sell that authenticity of it. Van and- Halen danced the night away. Yeah. Couple good. They've got a lot of music in the movie but a couple cool moments uh-huh. with, with music, and that's one of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and this part, this whole montage of it just doing cuts from the real world and the Hollywood world, it's great. Awesome oh, yeah. sense. Again, different cameras, too. Yeah, different mm-hmm. cameras, yeah, that, yeah, different cuts, and it's such a good sound design and background music. They keep in that high energy, like uh, fun loving background music going on, but still you're seeing these imageries of like what's really going on, mm-hmm. what's going on with the, the board. The bubble versus reality. Yeah. yeah. It's so well done. Yep. So smart. That's the best way to explain it right there. Yeah. The bubble versus reality. Probably still happening today. Actually, no, sure. it is happening no, today. So. <laughs> yeah, the bubble just got bigger, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> are we going into the, them talking about the script? Or yeah. I mean, it? they're at the press event and then that's when they're meeting with the readers and we have it where the reporters are talking to Lester they're trying to figure out a little bit more about the movie and I can't remember exactly what that one reporter keeps on saying to Lester something about the Argonauts something about what exactly the title means he's like what is it a ship what does it mean yeah, what yeah. is this all about and he's like I don't know <laughs> no he's the Argonaut that's something else that was in what Jason and the Argonauts yeah it's yeah an old story. so he's been asking done a few times. he's asking if it was like a reimagining or a remake of he, that and, and the way he describes like it's a, it's the Argo it just goes from pl- place to place what yeah. difference does it make it makes it seem like Lester didn't even read the script he, doesn't <laughs> he know probably what didn't <laughs> that's why we love him <laughs> <laughs> so, and it leads into that famous kind of line right there where he says, you know, what's the kind of standard? Argo, fuck yourself. Argo, you know? fuck yourself. <laughs> and, and honestly, they the movie uh, initially was called Argo. That That is factually based. But the story, how they get the name, isn't true. The script was called something different. Mm-hmm. Argo, fuck yourself is just a knock-knock joke. And they took it from that. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Totally different thing. <laughs> oh, man. So, That's hilarious. As they're at that press event, they're doing that script reading. And there's an overlaying audio where, and I like how it cuts that, you know, that bubble versus reality because it cuts to that the, the juxtaposition between mm-hmm. Hollywood again and a, what's going on in the realities of Iran unbelievable yes. so well yeah. done and it's a big tonal shift man oh, hard yeah, to do yeah. it hard to pull off in a movie too but it's really seamless here because yeah. you got kind of three different things going all at once all overlaying each other because you have the news reports of the Iranians yep. you have the news reports of the Americans basically Iranians upset Jimmy America. Carter the Jimmy Carter yep. stuff yeah, exactly there. the mock execution is going on oh, yeah. now which is incredible and you have the Americans explaining, you know, just how pissed off they are that, you know, some of their own are still being held hostage, all these again, things. Again, 1979 facial hair. I mean, yeah. come on, people, get it together again. <laughs> <laughs> so disappointed. Trucker hats and long, I don't know what you call those mustaches. I say Something. bring it back. Bring it back, yeah, all right. All but right. also, it shows a little bit of Please the, don't bring that back. <laughs> it shows the, the ignorance of, like, the, the main population. Well, we haven't gotten yeah. smarter, that's for sure. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's just they don't know what's going on they think it's so easy they think that it's just a flip of the switch or a, a simple no we're not gonna right. do this we're not gonna fraternize with terrorists or, or this, yeah 
this moment too, it's it's worth noting this moment really defines the Carter presidency. Mm-hmm. He's a one-term president because of this for the most part. And and there's some conspiracy theory, not that this shows about that, that Reagan uh, negotiated behind Carter's back because uh, to get these hostages, keep them there a little bit longer until that election was over. Huh. Uh, I don't know how true any of that stuff is, right. but certainly at least the hostage crisis defined the Carter presidency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll so. save that for next week's podcast. Sure, sure. I'm working the, on my PhD the, in history. The Illuminati. West Wing 2.0. <laughs> Illuminati podcast. Conspiracy podcast. Conspiracy so I'm, available. Theory. I'm available for that. We'll have to wear our tinfoil hats for yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let you borrow mine. I'll let you borrow mine. <laughs> so we have all that turmoil happening on just every side, you know, every single so every single side of what's happening in this whole situation and it's just i like how it's happening they're showing it and it's all while they're reading over the script and we cut back to meanwhile at the american embassy and they line up the hostages into a it's firing so squad position yeah man oh, such a man powerful. you have these people sitting at a table in hollywood in full makeup you got a robot sitting down at the table and right. then you're juxtaposed with this mock execution oh, yeah man so and incredible man and we don't know any of these people again scene. whether it's a flaw of the movie or not i'm not sure i think it works really well the way they did it you feel for them they're still. faceless yes yeah. oh, and then one of them literally breaks down starts oh, crying like their body language is really selling it there you can tell that they're afraid even bags over their, their heads I right mean, just re- incredible i yeah. mean even though they're faceless and everything and as soon as they're lining them up i'm filling the scene already where it's very emotional and as soon as they pull the trigger nothing like you know comes out it's just the sound of a click of an empty gun yeah i'm just like oh fuck like (laughs) and oh man that guy who breaks down just starts crying i mean again credit to batfleck for making a real moment i mean it was an incredible moment i mean yeah you have those six they're in a very stressful situation for sure but then you got these other people right there who are just you don't know they don't know what's going on exactly this scene saves it for, for for those guys not really acknowledging that other group yeah, I think this scene is the one that makes me feel okay about it. Yeah, absolutely right there. Even though the six, you know, they get more screen time for sure. But yeah, it, this is a great way to balance it out and show that everyone is kind of just suffering in general. So we have it where we're back at Studio Six and they have that toast where they're going over because they just finished that big press event and they say it again. Or go fuck yourself. And so, <laughs> they say it a lot. Yeah, it they do say it a lot. So, and, and when so, Alan Arkin says it, I mean, come on, man. Yeah, that's going to be my ringtone. It's good, yeah. <laughs> I think I posted it on Twitter when he says it too. So. Oh, <laughs> so we're cutting back to where we're at the White House. And then we have Tony and Walter White, or, you know, Brian Cranston, of course. Jack O'Connell. Jack yeah. O'Connell. I mean, come on. <laughs> this is an incredible moment. By the way, he has this great line where, he, where they're about to walk into the State Department and he's like, brace yourself for these guys. It's like talking to those old, two old fucks on the Muppets. Right. Just yeah. incredible, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Incredible stuff. <laughs> so I guess now they finally get it officially approved. So I think at this point it's officially approved. I think it was someone approved before, but we kind of cut The warden into, from Shawshank. Yeah. And that's Philip Baker Hall. I really like that right. guy too, who was in the insider also people like us boogie nights he's he's a great actor just two old guys that you think you could trust you know? <laughs> they look like state department officials absolutely they do so then we have it where walter white he drops tony off at the airport and so when he drops him off the airport you know they're they call chambers and they tell him that they've got a green light to go and so that's where chambers and lester they stay at basically studio six to wait for that phone call yes, for yes. some sort of verification that, that was actually in real life that was michael douglas's studio for the china syndrome i think in the in uh, some of the notes we took here 
And um, they were really there, and they stayed there so they could answer their phone to be a real studio and be taken seriously. Yeah, the man. Time came for them. Pretty incredible they, that two Hollywood guys didn't have to do that. Chose right. to do it because it's it's incredibly patriotic. Right, yeah, man. It was the right thing to do, and it was someone's responsibility, as they kind of talk about a little bit more. And smart planning on their part, like oh, really yeah. thinking about it. I that's probably one of the things that I wouldn't think of to make an actual studio with a live telephone wire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had to do everything to. Really really sell this i mean oh yeah but we cut to it where the we have the six and they're still at that prime minister's house and basically they know they're gonna have to be leaving soon you know they're just kind of in there in limbo and it's they ten, really start breaking ten down weeks. in real life this is 10 weeks from the moment man, that they hide yeah. in the uh, uh, canadian ambassador's house that's a long time oh man long and so time. they think they're gonna die there so that's where uh, they i believe, probably do i can't even remember the guy's name i want to say his name is bob but i honestly can't remember john but, john stafford is the scoot mcnary character i'm telling you incredible performance but i'm gonna call him john and so. his wife the redhead <laughs> lady carrie bitch yeah. she's very good also in this yeah so they're kind of having that conversation too and they even talk i can't remember if it's exactly at this scene or a little bit later where he feels guilty because he convinced his wife to stay there a little bit longer it's a nice moment yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful moment and, yeah. and he's not talking to his wife he's talking to uh, another one of the oh an- one, one of, of his the buddies that's right yes, yeah yes. so mm-hmm. yeah he feels guilty for him them being in that situation because his wife wanted to leave i think like weeks earlier before it was happening and he didn't want to do it because apparently i guess this job was good for him in general yeah and and it's good again it kind of hits home that that idea of fear the idea of like of hopelessness the idea of of confusion it really conveys that to the audience yeah so and these are close-ups of these actors they do such good facial work they get yes. the facial hair the goofy glasses mm-hmm. the 70s clothes and it's still just an incredible moment there. yeah they sell the emotion for sure Very i well. might start rethinking that they could be replaced by anybody so maybe half of them we'll see oh, come so. on they're good man <laughs> but going back that- Tate donovan and he was incredible too. He's one of the six. <laughs> when uh, Brian Cranston was dropping off Ben Fla- uh, Batfleck, yeah, in, uh, off at the airport, it was a good scene too. Just because, like, it's a tense moment. It's mm-hmm. very serious, but still, they're cracking jokes because, like, there's a camaraderie that they've been there yeah, before. Right. And they know yeah. the stakes. Everybody knows what their job is, and there's that professionalism. I don't know. Tony Mendez definitely. If he was going through all of that, man, I really commend him. Great man. Thank you for doing what you're doing. This is my salute to you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. He doesn't even know if he's coming back. Because yeah, he, man, he makes that phone call and then there, he makes another a, one too. There's a quick moment in one of the uh, offshoot featurettes uh, where Brian Cranston, the actor, says it's really about a moment, uh, a real movie about the lengths people will go. Uh, what they'll do to save the lives of others. Mm-hmm. And you can see his portrayal. It can be cheesy at times, mm-hmm. but it's so comforting when he talks in, in the movie. He's like the leader of the whole thing uh, in terms of the the base for the CIA, mm-hmm. what the government is driving. And, and especially as we get l- later in the movie, how he has to kind of protect what Tony's op is. Right. There's like a fatherly almost. Uh, yeah, and I can definitely say that. And at this point too, Brian Cranston is hot like because he just came out Breaking Bad. Yeah, 2012. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah, young Brian. After uh, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, too. Yeah. So, don't, don't forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> He'll always be Hal to me. <laughs> After kind of that emotional scene right there, we cut to it where Tony is, I can't remember exactly where he is in this in this scene, but he looks like he's in a church and he's meeting his CIA contact out there. British, British intel, I think. Is it British intel? So, yeah. yeah. So 
they meet out there, and then that's when his his contact gives him the credentials, and they mention how when talk about sh- some of the procedure a little bit, which yeah. is important. The airport procedure, the airport procedure. They stuff. mentioned the papers too, where how they're going to give you the slips when you go in through immigration. If, if they catch you, at least they'll be confused when they're torturing you. Yeah, another good Chris <laughs> line, some yeah. good writing here. And that's kind of where they kind of come up with the plan, where they establish the the white and yellow paper for immigration. You sign it. Right. They keep, I believe, the white copy. You yes. keep the yellow copy. It's proof that you arrived there. Tried to fact check that a little bit to see if uh-huh. that was real tension and it couldn't get confirmation on whether any of that was really okay. true. I think the process is true, right. but whether or not they were confronted at the airport about it, not so sure. Right. So, and they even kind of say where they have that, right? They have it and they're talking about how they're going to meet with the Ministry of, I think, Culture Ministry Iran, of Culture, yep. And Ministry that's going to give them, yeah, another like paper brother. trail. Yeah. Big Brother in Iran. Pretty creepy. Real quick, it's funny that they're checking up on the computer to make sure that they have the flight tickets. Uh-huh. But they don't have a computer to log all the people that come in. I know that's kind of that's kind of crazy. All it takes is like a real quick program. That's the order. airport's computer, all right? They <laughs> well, pay this for is that. <laughs> this is Commodore sixty four time, so settle down with the computers. But, but even still, all you need and is it's Iran. I mean, come on. There's some lines in Syriana, a movie with similar tones. They have they, they talk about them living in the past. But they still have a computer to check if it they they yeah. have uh, tickets to the flight. There, there's another moment where one of those soldiers at the airport. I can't wait till we get to it. Oh. Right. just an incredible moment oh, yeah. for that guy. We'll be there yeah. soon. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and I like how his, uh, I get British intelligence. That, I think so. Yeah, yeah we'll just so. say British intelligence. It's kind of unclear, but I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. So I like how he mentions how when the Shah escaped from Iran, that his plane nearly didn't take off because he had so much gold in his plane. Yep. And wow. that's something I only caught the second time around, <laughs> that it nearly didn't even take off. And that this guy is out there just a ton of gold and is dying from chemotherapy and is just halfway yep. dead. And yep. so you can't and take the United States supported no. that guy. So let's, uh, let's not forget yeah, that. <laughs> it is what it is. So yeah, it so they go over. <laughs> so they go over that yellow white copy and they kind of cut back to where we're back at the CIA and someone from the families talk because at this point only the families of the six know that they're staying at the Canadian Prime Minister's house. Someone from the family's talking, so someone has to kind of fly over there to make sure that this reporter sits on it because, of course, this could kill those six people, you yes, know, yes. immediately. One it's of those, a small yeah. part. They don't spend a lot of time on it, but it's 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 really well done. Hmm. Yeah, so it definitely is because that reporter really could have killed those that six people. That story breaks and those people are dead, basically. Yeah, exactly yeah. right there. So we cut to where Tony lands in Iran, and so he's And the music, there. and again, the camera uh-huh. shifts again. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now you know you're in a different world. <laughs> and so he's going through, I believe, he's going through the checks immigration all the all the checkpoints as he lands in iran and i don't know how i feel about his face when he's talking to these people because he feels his face is so stonewalled yeah. like in serious and just, yeah, yeah. yeah. he has that stoic look sometimes it works but sometimes it drags it down a little bit did he do that in jilly i can't well, remember now. I, uh, <laughs> I never <laughs> saw it <laughs> i guess what I, episode is that <laughs> i guess I he definitely did it in dawn of justice i can tell you that <laughs> i guess i understand like his motivations and why he chose to go with that attitude but it's just it's so like disconnected sure from the rest of the world is it a choice i mean uh, might just be him. I feel like at <laughs> just lazy acting. Is that what you're saying? Matt, the difference between Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in Hollywood, and again, this will be a, t- a textbook tangent of mine. This is the thing. Ben Affleck chose to be a movie star in a way that you just can't separate the movie star from the role. And okay. Matt Damon, I don't think, did it exactly that way. Okay. And I, I really think when I watch these movies, although he has established himself as a great director, uh, Ben Affleck, this is the thing that bothers me about his acting. It just looks like Ben Affleck in a movie, no matter what role he's in. I okay. can see that. Tell me, tell me this, though. Like, thinking about it, I'm trying to put into my mind, 
how what what is your motivation how do you think that your face should look how like maybe not stoic maybe not stonewall but like frantic doesn't make sense to me because he is a cia agent right. he shouldn't be panicking he should be cool hand luke he shouldn't be happy because like that right well, should he be acting like a tourist to kind of fit in and blend in i don't or, know i don't, I don't think it's a bad choice he's, actually. well yeah because he's acting as Excited. a producer yeah. and so i guess you act like a movie guy where it's just like hey don't kill me even though i'm white or yeah, my last name is mendez like you know <laughs> felt weird. I okay, think right. yeah. might have helped. I think mm. yeah, because he's yeah, he's a CIA guy, but he's pretending to be that producer and, on this film scout. And, and these are the CIA guys. They chose this flamboyant story. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got to live the lie. Yeah. So I think they should have made some different choices there. <laughs> I guess you know it's a hard sell t- when you're in that situation because you don't know what to do. If you come off like you're trying way too hard to be a movie guy, they're gonna kill you. You try way too hard to not be a movie guy. They're gonna kill you. They find out you're American now, and not Canadian. They're gonna kill you. Like, <laughs> imagine if you you take Tony Mendez out and you put the Alan Arkin character in Iran. Is that gonna work? I mean, do we think? Yeah. That's gonna work? yeah. Oh. I almost think because he so doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah. You're yeah. just like, all right, fine. I think he would maybe, give a shit at yeah, that point. Like, so? Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> I think so. Maybe if he was a little more animated, I'd go for it. I'm just trying to piece it together. Say he did go with uh, like fun loving or like a tourist kind of right. attitude. They would have to change the score because it's just such a jarring you know scene for There's him some truth to that yeah. to yeah. be all happy-go-lucky and the sound is so like somber and, uh-huh and i could see where you know because even when he's speaking to the guy you know he's saying you came to us at a really bad time and i can see how if he's a producer from a movie company this is the place you do not want to be for looking for a movie you know a mo- yeah, movie yeah. scouting so i, agree, I could but see it how it becomes cheap and hollywood works on a buck i mean there might be some logic to that too yeah, so yeah. it's so crazy that no one will question it you know yeah, i kind of like that logic <laughs> <laughs> i agree i agree it works well better than 300 miles on a bicycle i can tell you oh that. my god loads <laughs> yeah that's absolutely true so even with all the gatorade they would have so <laughs> so we have it where tony meets with the canadian prime minister and then they he gives the six their ident their ids yes, so their yes. fake credentials basically their cover stories all that stuff and i believe that's when he tells them you know to learn it learn what you're going to do the, you know, this moment where create your the, own story the, this moment where the six are like you know they're so happy to see someone coming to rescue them and then when they hear the plan they're like you got to be kidding me yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of nice they're, you know but they're they're out of options we really glossed over that whole kfc product placement that oh, they yeah, yeah i wrote that down too yeah they do show the yeah. kfc yeah and then they yeah. had those those two women enjoying themselves a nice leg and a thigh it's, yeah <laughs> yeah it's great i hate uh, americans but they make some good but, chicken but again, <laughs> there, there's, there, that's actually true to real life because again the shah of iran was trying to westernize iran right and there is even to this day some conflict between the very conservative shia versus mm-hmm. the people who want to be westernized and move into the modern world hey when you can't you, you can't beat getting a pot pie and uh, some Listen. potato wedges and a large drink for only four ninety nine at yeah. your local KFC. <laughs> big, big box, whatever that thing is. <laughs> but deals like those. <laughs> hey, and I'm, all those creepy guys who play the colonel in those commercials. I mean, I'm five minutes. Jason Alexander. I mean, all those guys that show up. I'm five minutes away of cutting this podcast and going out there right now. <laughs> let's, let's cut it. Let's cut the mics. Let's go. Cut back. Eating chicken and gravy. So that was a, that was a producer Ryan tangent. I just want that for the record. <laughs> so yeah i like how the six especially what's his name john i believe his, john stafford yeah, Scoot yeah. McNary, yep. he's just immediately concerned with this idea but that's the thing they're shit out of luck there Great is facial no, work Great yeah facial work that it, the look of desperation and yep. hope like it's it's very interesting when he walks into the room it's that pov shot 
everyone's like their heads turn they stand up they see this and it's like this man this man is going to get us out of here and then immediately the next shot is him explaining this bad so we're doing a fake movie and uh (laughs) he he just outright says i don't trust you which is weird writing but in the moment it's like wow it makes sense i feel for yeah yeah man we we gloss over that part where they had to jump in the crawl space too right i think Mm. to your to your point on the camera work ryan you see how small that place is these are six extra bodies living in a house not super big in iran eventually somebody's going to figure out that this is a crowded house over here we're going to find them yeah Absolutely. So, yeah, they are out of options. And even the Canadian, the embassy is shutting down. So Canada is shutting their embassy down and they're looking to get their prime minister out of there. And so very professional Canadian ambassador, by the way. Very professional. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he very matter of fact about all of it. Yeah. So, I mean, he tells their they know that they're shutting down and there's no place for them to go because when it comes time for them to shut down, you know, he's going to have to get out of there. And it's like, where are you going to go at that point? So they are completely out of options. Once again, this is the best bad idea that they have. (laughs) So, (laughs) and uh, so we're at the hotel and then we kind of get where the minister requests to meet with the Canadians at the Grand Bazaar at three in the afternoon, which is it's most busy time. Slide the envelope under the door. Weird moment. I like that. Yeah, Yeah. man. And honestly, I, I get it. Ben Affleck says it to the rest of the the six saying that they're going to do whatever they can to break you and this is one of their strategies that they're going to catch him in a situation where they're going to say the wrong thing they're going to do the wrong thing and then all the pressure is going to build up and boom we got them right and that's exactly what they're trying to do and right off the bat you know John is not on board with this. You know, he's the one who kind of always has that somewhat confrontation with Tony Mendez but you know it's definitely well it's justified. You know what I mean? Huge it really is. glasses. Just incredibly <laughs> huge glasses. <laughs> and, and Ben Affleck goes out there and gets that VW van. Uh-huh. But it was a weird moment. I forgot about that scene. And when I saw it, uh, whatever, the third or fourth time I've seen this movie now, I, I, I thought that was weirdly placed. I don't know if we needed that. Well, right. No, it's funny, risk though. there going out there trying to get a VW yeah. wagon for those guys. <laughs> it's funny, though, that Volkswagen didn't, their check didn't clear for product placement, but KFCs did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember, KFC, local KFC, get a chicken pot pie for $4.99. This movie, made, this movie was made Sponsor for 40, $44.5 million this movie was made for. Just, I want to throw that out there because it made quite a bit of money. Uh, KFC, yeah. you can make your checks out to Talking Flick. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have it where they're, I like that scene. We cut to it. They get, you know, he gets the van and they're getting ready to go to that bazaar. They're dressing up, all that stuff. We have to look like our passport idea id but not ourselves yeah yeah and i like how they he, put he the does Canadian do the phone call on. to brian cranston too he does check back in and say what yes, do you think does. about this so yeah which i thought was interesting and they've established that they're kind of trying to call them on their bluff and yeah. see who this is and the dude tries to catch him in a trap yeah he literally he says so this is the movie about a girl like a, a, a foreign bride, a foreign film. bride this yeah. is you know lots of laughs and he's like you're the director stuff. right that's that, that's what it is right and he's <laughs> he's basically like leading him guiding him to the yes yeah and then that's what they got him he's like no, and the way he delivers it, he has this so happy go lucky. Right? Yeah, he has this. Yeah, he's happy go lucky. He's then trying it's... to get it, lull him into a false sense of security, and the guy is like 
trying to process everything. Yeah. He's trying to figure out, wait, what is he saying? No, no, that's not right at all. And he sells it. It's so He good. does a, a really good, good job. The guy yeah. who plays the Tate, director. Tate, Tate yeah. Donovan. He yeah. was in Love Potion number nine with Sandra Bullock. It was one of her first movies ever. He's good in this. And he's got the ascot thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Unbelievable, man. It, Great it was a very good scene. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to be a director, I'm going to be a director. <laughs> he looks like a director. I would believe it. This is it. a foreign bride film, right? Not on my movie. Like, <laughs> and he's got the flamboyant clothes, too, and everything. It kind of works. Yeah, he should have spit on him and said, what were you doing in my light? You were in my light. <laughs> but at the same time, he's doing such a good job. You see the women in the background and the other guys. It's unbelievable that they're, like, their facial expressions and their fear because of the crowd that's around them is unbelievable. If if I was in this situation, I like, because they put on that Canadian pin, I would have as much Canada decked out as oh, I can. You know, I it, drop it, my bag, there's just maple syrup and hockey pucks that fall listen, out. Like, oh, yeah, I don't know where these came so from. So I've been like, to Toronto <laughs> once and I thought the airport was weird because there's maple syrup literally everywhere. I was like, really? This is a real thing? I thought this was just a, on TV. But but on the on the featurette, they talk about how the CIA put like Canadian matches in their pocket, Canadian pins on yeah. them, uh, l- like uh, Canadian candy bars in, in their backpacks and stuff. <laughs> they call it like filling their pockets with lint because you know in case they do get tortured, it sells the idea a little bit more. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a yeah, real thing. It was, it's not fake. <laughs> it's every little detail. Every little detail. <laughs> I mean, there's only so much you can do with a Northern American accent. You know, it's like, are you American or Canadian? I'm Canadian. Like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> so. Just kind of what we glossed over a little bit is to get John to kind of go aboard because he does not want to go to that bazaar at three in the afternoon. He thinks a death sentence. That's when Tony reveals his actual name to him. Yes, yes. He has a it's wife. A great he has moment. Ten, yeah, he has absolutely. a kid. He's got a wife. This yeah. is who I am, and I don't leave people behind. Right. It's actually one of the highlights of Ben Affleck's performance. That yeah. scene right there. So it whatever it convinces John to come aboard. So him and his wife they go aboard, and they have that scene where they have like the van. And they're driving through that crowd of people, oh, and they're oh, yeah. all just oh, banging on it, yep. and just a, a very know. claustrophobic yeah. scene. Yep. It really builds the tension. Such a good shot. Uh, Such a good scene. Show the Canadian flag. Show yeah. the hockey pucks. You know, no, <laughs> they're covering their face. They don't want them to see their face. You yeah, know, and, and that's the thing. Like, what do you do? Like, you're just there. You just have to go through this moment of just being harassed, and it's not directly at them. It's around them, and the fa- one false step. You make a face. You like hit someone or whatever. Boom! Your your car is getting tipped over. Somewhere yeah. in there, they show the guy taking a photograph, also, so people are watching yep. them at the same time yeah. to let you know that this is kind of a test. Just yeah, to show yeah. you a little further. Exactly. We have that overlaying scene where they are, you know, taking their photographs while they're walking to the bazaar, and that's when the militia speaks to the housekeeper too, as well as they're at the bazaar. That guy's got great hair, by yeah. the way. Great Iranian. I don't know what that guy did, but man, he's good in this in this movie. Maybe he's just born with it. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's so. Maybelline. Maybe so. So. You gotta put something in it because it sits back so well. It's unbelievable. The director. <laughs> what conditioner do you use? Like, it's Canadian. <laughs> it's so, maple syrup. That's what it maple is. Maple syrup. That's gotta be what it is. Yeah. So yeah, so you get the pricks taken. We have that militia speaking to the housekeeper, and as they're walking through the bazaar. You know, that is that's the worst place to be a white person right now is, you know, in Iran, you know, and so and they show a lot of people just glaring, looking suspiciously, uh, just good, good direction, good camera work, good cinematography. But we got to give it up to the housemaid. Man, she is a homie. She's unbelievable. She sells it. No, like literally the tension was building. You thought, oh, man, this woman is going to sell him out. Yeah, it's going to sell him out. But boom. 
she's the homie. She put it up. It's like, no, all of these people are friends to Iran. Right. That's that's probably <laughs> two days ago they got here. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's something that's like well constructed, maybe not written so well, but well constructed because we well, don't see her for about twenty minutes, and then when you see right. her again, we're assuming the ambassador had basically hinted, hey, we don't know how much time we have. Maybe the maid's gonna sell us out. The maid comes through. Yeah, it's just, and, and then they close her later in the movie with her. It's, right, it's and I do too. like that too. As Me well. too. They gave yeah. her a little piece at the end, which is important. And I think it's great. It's one of those little details in the movie that it's like you forget about it. You forget, mm-hmm. oh, oh yes, yeah, she was in this movie. Oh, is she going to sell him out now? She doesn't. She a homie. Big ups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we think about the editor, William Goldenberg, again in this movie. Him and uh, obviously credit to Ben Affleck directing this movie. Those are choices you got to make on the cutting room floor. Unbelievable. That yeah, no, movie. and smart move. Very yeah, smart yeah, move. Definitely right there. So, we're still we're still walking to the bazaar, and then that's when you know the Iranians they demand a picture back that you know the wife of John had just taken, you know, as posing for yeah, uh, whatever yeah. role she is as part of the film crew, and that's when this whole kind of you know kind of fight sort of comes out. Yeah, a small lot of riot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's where, like, they accuse him of murder as a, as a fight stars. And the Shaw, you know, one of the guys says the Shaw killed his son with an American gun. Great face. Yeah. That guy's got a great beard, great face. He's he's angry. They've all got some pretty And you see that beards. one guy, Rory Cochran, one of the good actors, one of the six, he's got the viewfinder the opposite way. That's a nice little moment. Oh, yeah. In a tense moment <laughs> to have just a piece of comedy thrown in there, too. It was nice. I would suggest that you would. Oh, was he saying, like, are, <laughs> you, like, looking are you looking through the wrong end there? Yeah. He's, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you are right. And he flips yep, it around. <laughs> so, so at the Bizarre as that kind of little mini riot, you know, is kind of breaking out. I like how that one guy who tries to trick him is saying, you know, I suggest we end our visit right now because he's trying to stop that confrontation yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. Right. He's like, I suggest we end our visit right now. You almost now. feel bad for that guy, actually, because he's caught in the middle, too. He's like, yeah. 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 This but bad. he's going to smooth it over. As soon as they leave, he's definitely going to smooth so? it over. Yeah, I think I so, know. man. Honestly, I, I don't think that they're all in on it, but there's a little bit of like a nudge, nudge. Uh, hey, we're going to kind of get these guys in a trap and see if they can we can break them. Right. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, I could see how that might, yeah, how that would be a trap to see if it would break them. So, but we cut to it where they're at the prime minister's house and they're going, they're back out there. Tony Mendez, he's going over the covers for the six and they're just going over all their identities because the next day, that's when they're going to be going on to, you know, they're just going to be going to the airport and they're going to be going through those checkpoints right there. And as she's grilling them, a really great scene. He's like, where are you from? Ottawa, uh, Toronto. Oh, wait, no, Toronto. <laughs> He's from Toronto. Don't, don't say the T. Yeah, right? they don't, don't say, say the T and stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, making, uh, pulling out these little details and stuff like that. The one girl, she's doing a good job. He's Clea, Clea Duval is mm-hmm. the Cora, one of the six. She's very yeah. good with the, uh, the yeah. brunette yeah. girl. Exactly. Very, very good in this uh-huh. movie. And so I'm going to challenge Tyler on his uh, anybody could play the six. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> these, are, these are good choices. Great casting. Yeah, <laughs> man. And again, it's a really good scene. He, he wants to make Make sure that they know what's going He's on. Pushing too. He's pushing too. And for the audience to kind of see what's on the line, uh-huh. what's the stakes. And if you mess up, boom. He says he even says right there, took too long. Boom. Yep. What's your head. middle name? You're an American spy. You're dead now. Yeah. You know, something like that. And it's just one of those things, too, where if one of them goes down, all of exactly. them are going to go exactly. down, too, including, you know, Ben Affleck himself, too, as well. Right, which is a nice moment. I don't know where exactly they say that, but uh, the one, the Scoot McNary's wife in the movie, Carrie mm-hmm. Bish, uh, whatever her name is, Mrs. Stafford, she says that if we fail, we're all going to die. And then she mentions, well, he's going to die, too. Yeah. And I think that's a nice little part yeah. that was important. Yeah, being yeah that piece he's, he's in this, too. He made his way out exactly. here, and he stuck out he's there, He's sacrificing too. for us. Yeah. You know, let's make note of that. Exactly. So we cut to it, and then... They're still at the prime minister's house and Tony gets that call that the mission is off because from an earlier scene, you know, 
the chief of staff, I believe it is, says, who John approved Hamilton. this? And yes. so, <laughs> Kyle, yeah. Kyle know, Chandler, and Friday like, Night Lights. He's like, you did. <laughs> yeah. But this part, I'm, I have to say that it's like bad management and miscommunication. Yeah. Come Bureaucracy. on. Bureaucracy. No, no. Work. <laughs> but literally everything has been thought out. Plan, yeah. Like all the details, all the details, it's been running down. And then all of a sudden, this is the monkey wrench. This is probably like the most blaring part of the movie. It's like, wow, you didn't know what was going on, even though you decided to call this guy in to get them out. The, mm -hmm. the one thing you may want to criticize Ben Affleck on the direction is the choices he makes to build tension. How much tension do you need in this movie? <laughs> yeah. I think on the fact check thing that this proved to not be true either. Really? That the plan was never really pulled back and then executed again. Uh, I think it was just an add-on. Well, they needed a yeah. climax. But they I didn't hate it because it gives Brian Cranston it really a lot more oh, stuff no, to no. do. Yeah, it kind of works. No, that portion, when we get to it, Awesome. Yeah. Very good. And then they do the uh, Led Zeppelin song. Another, they don't, like I said, they don't put a lot of music in this, but when the levee breaks, great choice of a Led Zeppelin <laughs> song there. <laughs> so we have it where the mission gets called off, and then we have the Joint Chief is bringing in the military just because, and this is where Brian Cranston yeah, is talking idea, to him. By the way, but yeah. Yeah, they're, they're going to bring in the military just because it looks better if these six get killed in a prime minister's house rather than Without at an America airport. Without America being involved yeah. in any way. Yeah. Rather than at an airport. Heartless, really heartless. It really is. So, it looks better for them to be killed at the prime minister's house rather than at an airport for pretending to be a movie crew production to get out of there. Yeah, and it's man. just like, Jesus. Like, okay, tell me how you really feel. And so... <laughs> so it's another one of those uh, Batfleck parts that I was a little bit questionable when he says, we are responsible for these people. I mean, did we buy that? I thought that was a little bit overacted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A little bit I can much. see. I can see that right there, yeah, you know. A little much. But the tension it gives at the, you know, towards the end... I think it's worth it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so. you know, it really it feels like an actor giving good himself payoff. It, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe so. It does. You might be right about that. At least, at least to a point. I got to go easy on him. And I'll so, go easy on him. And <laughs> after, you know, Tony Mendez gets off his phone call, the prime minister, he already knows what's going on. He knows it's called off. And then we Again, have... so so professional. Yeah, it like, really yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It may seem it may seem ruthless, but also I can understand where he's coming from. He wants to make this situation go away. This is the easiest way for it to be done. So he has to do it. And he tells him, destroy those passports when you leave the, this place. Right. And he even tells uh, Tony Mendez, uh, just just don't show up in the morning. But if you don't yeah. tell him anything, yeah. which is pretty cool. And it's, man, they all start drinking that, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but that, having a party. Yeah. But that shot though, like they have that hope. They think that they can do this. They start literally. I had the subtitles on. They uh -huh. had laughter going on. They played music. They were drinking, and all of a sudden, now Ben Affleck has this little secret to tell, or the secret in uh, in his in his heart. Man, what am I talking about? <laughs> I'm going to cut that. You can tell Affleck. Affleck Affleck is, he doesn't want the mission pulled. And no. you can see it on his face. Uh, you know, that part is well acted. And, yeah. and I think that, you know, he does a good job with that. Piece. And, you know, he reveals his real name to them and he makes that promise that, that he's going to get it's them out. Of you know? yeah. yeah. So it definitely flows in that sense. And now I'm kind of glad that they included that scene about, you know, I think because of that son. scene is the reason you don't need that scene where he says that we're responsible for these people because yeah. you already established that. Mm. Right. But, eh. yeah, it is what it is with it. So, we cut to the next morning and Studio Six, you know, they get the call that it's been canceled from the CIA and that's when they go to go, they go get a drink. You know, they've been stuck drink. in that room, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, might as well. They've been Chambers stuck in that room forever. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to where Tony is at his hotel room and he's really contemplating whether he should leave or just go ahead with it and, you know, try to get these people out of there because, you know, it's already been set up. They're exposed. And he even when they calls Brian Cranston back, he says, you know, or even I believe the first conversation, I would have never exposed them if I would have known that this was going to get pulled because 
they have their pictures now. You know, they met people. They've been outside the house. They're exposed. If it leads to them, you know, there's a very good chance that they will die. And so that's when he goes into the responsible speech when he's talking to Brian Cranston at his home and he decides it's back on. He's going to do it. He's going to get them out. He of decides there. on his own. Yeah. Again, fact checking that probably. Not yeah. <laughs> I don't but know that's how all right, that would work. Know. So. <laughs> but that he didn't sleep all night. He was just contemplating, trying to figure this out. What is he going to do? Because he's at a crossroads right there. It's tough. Right. And basically he can let it go and have these people die on his watch. And I don't know if he like, obviously he doesn't want that on his conscience, right. but yeah, it, it really, it really, sh he really sells it. Even though the whole stoic look is not mm -hmm. that great. I think it works really well on these scenes right here. Right. Yeah, I'll give him that. Just tired looking, I guess yeah. you could say. Tired, yeah, tired, stoic. Like it, you can tell that there's his mind is not empty. There's a lot of things going on in his mind. Whereas on when he's going through the city and all of that, it mm -hmm. was just a little jarring. Yeah. So we have it where the CIA and we have Brian Cranston, and he says it's back on, and they're trying to get everything up and running to get the tickets approval Do for them. Do your fucking job. <laughs> yeah. We're oh, a spy agency, <laughs> like <laughs> Walter White. <laughs> uh, and like these next set of scenes, great, great acting. Yeah. And this back and forth, like I really like how it, it really shows the tension. And this is when I was thinking, man. I can't handle this. I could never work for the CIA. I could never do this. There's so much stress. Like, yeah, I'd be chain smoking too if yeah. <laughs> this was on my head. I think producer Ryan already works for the CIA. Yeah, I'll burning documents already. So. They do point out that it's Carter, that they need Carter's approval yep. specifically to put this through. Exactly. It's an important piece to add on there. Yeah. yeah. And he even like, the way he gets through is like, What's what's the kid's uh, school? What is it? And oh it, yeah, yeah, direct on the chief of staff's child. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he gets through. They're doing all these things to get it through to say that it's back on because they need that approval. They're trying to get everything. Cranston verified. wants to protect his guy yep. for one, and then you know if. Tony thinks that mm -hmm. it's going to work. Cranston wants to trust him. Good so. scene with the do your job scene. I'm not going to leave my yeah. guy out there with all these people and his dick in his hand. And yeah. so. yeah. <laughs> and great stuff. That that behind the scenes, like background of the CIA stuff, like the, the lengths that they have to go, being quick on their feet, trying to think of yeah. what to do next. Really good. And really we don't, nicely done. we'll gloss over it a little bit, I'm sure, at the end. But I'll tell you, they don't get any credit for it because no, no one's really ever going to find out about it. Turns yeah. out we found out about this one, but most of the stuff they do, we don't know yeah. shit about it. It's <laughs> all underneath. So. Hey, I got things to say about our con conspiracy uh, podcast. <laughs> quiet patriotism to these CIA uh, guys who yeah. I don't trust. There's always something that someone's not talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Are birds real? Like <laughs> they're dying. They're real and they're dying. Hey, just saying, let's rule the world. <laughs> Rep reptilian hybrid race. Can we go? there have we got right. time for that north carolina is not real either so. <laughs> all right moving so, on moving on so we have it where as the six they leave the prime minister and his or sorry they leave the prime minister's home and we have the prime minister of canada and his wife they have the radio destroyed and just because as the six are leaving so are the prime minister and his wife yeah, because they've yeah. accepted well those thought risks. out yeah. i believe that part's true also so well yeah. thought out well i like the guy who's just this big canadian guy who just destroys yeah. the you know destroys <laughs> yeah. the radio and he has this french french canadian accent yeah. <laughs> <We> <laughs> even the intimidating ones are so pleasant you know <laughs> so you know as they're leaving it kind of cuts back and forth where tony he's prepping the six you know about the checkpoints so we have the first checkpoint which is they just look at the passports they look at the passports they make sure it's you then they have the second checkpoint 
checkpoint where they look at the yellow slips. And he tells them not to worry about the passports because they're clean. They came from Canada themselves. And so that's where Canada and the U.S., they're working together on this thing behind the credit scenes. Credit to Canada. Give yeah, some credit. Definitely Forget credit to, to Canada right Thank there. Thank Canada. America's <laughs> little and, brother. And initially, so. <laughs> before this, this story gets declassified, I think, in 1997. And then it's yeah. got like a Wired uh, uh, article and a book written later on by Mendez himself. But initially, Canada gets all the credit, actually. Yeah. So it's <laughs> yeah. pretty weird. Well, actually, Canada is not America's little brother. Canada is America's hat. No, there you go. Oh, <laughs> <it's okay. laughs> so our second point comes back to the yellow slips. So they're going to have the yellow slips, but they're not going to have the white ones. You give the immigration the yellow slips. They look for the white ones. You tell them, you know, Tony Mendez is saying, tell them you lost it or, you know, tell them that. You got, yeah. you signed it. You know, if you believe it, they'll believe it too. Exactly. And that's where it kind of goes back Tate to- Tate Donovan again. Yeah. Nice moments for that guy. <laughs> Can't just cast anybody in these roles, Tyler. Hey, uh, oh, and, <laughs> and I've done that too with banks, like disputing like overdraft fees. I'm uh -huh. like, what do you mean I overdrafted? I didn't overdraft. You guys charged me. Boom. It goes it's, right back in. <laughs> my, my side tangents reminds me of, I'm a big fan of Better Call Saul. Oh, and, where he, yep. and when he says- um, you know, with Bob Saul Odenkirk. Goodman, yeah, Bob Odenkirk, he says, I once got with a girl because I told her I was Kevin Costner. You want to know why it worked? Because when I told her it, I believed it too. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, confidence is a powerful thing. Exactly. If you believe the lie, they'll yeah, believe it. It makes it true. So yeah, that's a, that's some, there's some great con men movies out there. <laughs> Catch me if you can. Matchstick Men, <laughs> underrated. Sam Rockwell performance, great movie. One day we'll get there. All right, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, so meanwhile, as this is all happening, we're cutting back to the CIA. Brian Cranston, they're still trying to locate like certain higher ups, I believe like the chief of staff just to confirm that the mission is a go to get all their paperwork yes, in yes. there. And so Tony, he's still prepping, you know, the six. And then we have the third checkpoint is the guard. And that's when, you know, I like oh, how the director so This <laughs> yeah. guy's so good. But <laughs> we, we skipped over the whole, the, the clutch scene of Brian Cranston. They're looking for the airplane tickets oh, on the, yeah, on the yeah. computer. And uh -huh. it's like, sorry, it's, it doesn't seem to be coming out. They have up. to process yeah. it through. And there's those old machines, the little fax machine things oh. that they have to send it through. Yeah. So we kind of glossed over where they're at that computer screen and where the tickets are coming through. And they're finally able to get it through the checkpoint. Yep. And yeah. Brian Swiss, Cranston Swiss Air, with the right? clutch, man. <laughs> yeah, Swiss Air. It feels to me, it feels like there's some moments where it feels like Apollo 13, where like that's the control room and then everybody else is in space. Two different moments, two different offices. Yeah, kind man. Of nice... And it, really good dynamic. This, both of them are very, well, one is fast paced tension and yeah. the other one is mm -hmm. just don't get caught tension. And it's really good dynamics between the I two. I agree, yeah. And, I really like it when Walter White, Brian Cranston, he gets a hold of the chief of staff and he, you know, through the whole like, well, what, you know, school does this kids, you know, go at all yeah, that yeah, stuff, yeah, right, yeah. you know, he's able to get a hold of him. And that's when he tells him, you know, who he is. He's from CI. And then that's when he says, you know, the Hollywood option is a go. They're going through. They're, They're going, going to get captured. So and I like how the, the chief other. of staff just gets off and says, Dave, you know, he screams out David to get someone on yeah, there to yeah. get Chris handled. Messina. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, it's Kyle Chandler. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's Kyle, Kyle Chandler. Chandler. Unbelievable. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, so just they look very, similar. Yeah, so just a very intense scene in general with that whole CIA operation. It's just they're all scrambling. You know, like you said, they're running around kind of like with their hat, you know, with their heads on fire. And it, so yeah, there's yeah. a moment uh, in one of the featurettes where they talk to Jimmy Carter, the older Jimmy Carter, and he says there was a 50-50 chance on this op. And you could tell in his eyes, like, he probably thought there was a 20% chance yeah, this would work. But when he, he was maybe pushed to do it, he go, went ahead and did it anyway. <laughs> uh, and, and to make decisions like that, you know, credit to people who are man. in those yeah. positions. Yeah, so. Man. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so we have it where the Hollywood option gets approved and the tickets get confirmed. And 
at the airport, the six are being stopped for, you know, not having the white slip. And that's when we come back to the director right there. And then that's when they present the letter, the letter from the Ministry of Culture. And so and as that's happening, it turns all, out it worked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it worked out. Nice it piece. got him through. So and as that's happening, we cut back to kind of that sweatshop kind of scene where they're finally able to put the picture together, at least somewhat. And they find out that one of these Canadians, you know, in quotations, is one of these Americans that's missing. One from small piece, like the picture that they compare to and then the piece together shredded piece. They look so close together. Yeah. I yeah. That was a little bit weird. They could have gone with a little bit different. First off, they're like facing the same direction and things like that. That bothered me a tiny, tiny bit. I no. feel like when when he took that picture, was it off of a uh, uh, off of a camera phone? Because <laughs> like, no, literally yeah. the when it's a giant camera phone. No, when back then you know they had to prop it up. When they were in the bazaar, it looked like it was through a camera phone. And then when they were com- like, come on, back in the day, their camera phone. Actually, I don't even think they had this camera phones. Like literally, they would have to take the picture, go out, get it developed, and then bring it back. So, you know, there's a little suspension of disbelief. And honestly, I didn't think about it now until we were dissecting it. <laughs> and you know what? Like you would think like if you got mug shots of the people that work at the embassy, they would be just like a frumpy guy in his collared shirt sitting in front of a camera like, I got to take this picture. But these uh-huh. are like action shots and the person that was doing mug shots that day was trying to like break into the into give me uh, some flair scoot yeah. give me some flair today you know like, all right you're weird. a tiger show me blue steel <laughs> me blue steel you know ferrari one ferrari. look <laughs> one look <laughs> it just felt weird it's one of the small little, no, little i get you i get movie. you a little a little suspension of disbelief. It's okay. <laughs> so we cut to the CIA and they're trying to get a hold of Studio 6 because Lester and Chambers, they went to go get those drinks. Yeah. And so they're trying to get it on board just so that way they can get the ver- the verification through. And as the six are getting through the final checkpoint, that's when they get the random security check. <laughs> this guy's unbelievable. I put it yeah. in here. I was like, the how does soldier. it feel, white people? And so and I was like, random security check. Like, oh boy. And so, <laughs> he is in their face, man. Oh, right yeah. off the bat. And, and he's staring at Ben Affleck. And he looks scary. He looks like a Cuban guy, actually. Yeah. He's got the Cuban outfit. Good the beard. Fidel Castro. It's Good revealed beard. later that he understands English and yeah. all that. Which which is but, great when you finally see that. Yeah, like, oh, but that's incredible. Again, it's uh, again putting that pressure in to make them break, screaming yeah. at them, yelling yeah. all these things, trying to confuse them, trying to make them rethink their uh, their options. Right. But man, was it Joe? Joe in the clutch. Joe Stafford, Scoot McNary. Yeah. And you know, there's a risk here too because he speaks Farsi, and that could be telling that a Canadian Hollywood guy speaks Farsi, but he does it so well. He whips out the storyboards, and you can tell he did his studying, did his homework. He talks about the movie. It's great. They mentioned his smarts earlier in the movie too that he is an intelligent guy. And 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 he even says that, of course, I speak Farsi because I want to film in your country. Exactly right there. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make a movie. Too. I ran. I He's so learn quick Farsi. when he has to step up, he steps up. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. He's selling it and the dude is buying it. <laughs> yeah, he gets really into that story. And of course, you know, there's that one guy who's putting a lot of pressure on him. He's still got that stone cold look on his face. Yeah. And the other two guys, they look like they're enjoying the story. Yeah, they're like, cool. yeah, this they're like, like oh good. my God, this sounds awesome. Yeah, like, like, can I keep this? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they do take it at the end. But that's hilarious, though. It's, and they're like, oh, this sounds like a good movie. <laughs> You know what? I would watch Argo. I'd probably watch that movie. Doesn't How look does that it bad. end? Like, a, right now, in, in 2019, that's an eight-part Netflix series, Argo. That'd be unbelievable. Again, and he's also trying to trick him. He pulls out the Vanity Fair copy. He shows yes. them the poster. He pulls, right. it from the, he pulls it from the shelf or something yeah. right behind and him. And he's uh-huh. like pointing at the girl in the poster, and he's pointing at the other yeah. girl. He's yeah. like trying to say, is this you? Is this yeah. you? And then she sticks her a gun and says, no, I'm, I'm just the, the writer. writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, I like how when he's telling the story, um, when John is telling the story of Argo, it very much resembles of what's happening in Iran. So, Correct. Yeah, yeah exactly. There, yeah. You know, rising yeah. up. Farmers learn how to fight. Yeah. yeah, yeah so. We're trying to uprise. You guys are having a revolution. These people are rising yeah. up. You know, it's kind of nice. Yeah. I just like the look nice of the touch. two other guys. They're like, they're buying this movie. They're like, I want to yeah. see this. I'm going to see this movie when it <laughs> nice comes <touch>. out. <laughs> so he gets really into that story and it kind of saves him. But that one guy, you know, who's really given that Stonewall look, he says, you know, you don't go until we verify. And yes, that's when he yes. reveals in he English. knows English. Yeah. And it's such a clean Perfect English. English. Perfect yeah. English. You know? <laughs> Looks him right in the eye. You know, it's perfect. Great scene. Yep. And, and then, then Ben Affleck pulls out his card and says, here, call our office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> call our office right there. So, and kind of this scene kind of bars me a little bit in the next one where we have Chambers and Lester and they're being held up for just kind of a really long time. I get it's trying to build that tension. Looks like Starsky and Hutch or something. Some episode of Starsky and Hutch. Kind of interesting. Something. Oh, I didn't even pay attention. No, was, but yeah, no, I agree with you. They had to build the tension even more higher than it's Once yeah. again, fact checking that, that did not happen. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. I mean, I get to build the tension on that scene right there, but the whole time, maybe because I'm frustrated with that didn't scene. Didn't need just like, it though. Just get through it. Yeah, like, didn't, yeah. Need it. didn't need it, you know. But it did give Alan and Arkin another good piece of dialogue saying hey I'm gonna be in your movie yeah have call your, my agent yeah help yeah. your people call my agent hey I'm walking here so <laughs> good dialogue Alan Arkin really sells it so the Iranians or the main Iranian I guess you could say they verified that the Studio 6 and while basically the militia storms the airport Cat catches the they answer the phone at the last second yeah, yeah. necessary attention John there, Goodman buys it yeah with the clutch yep. <laughs> yep. this is Studio 6 and they ask for Kevin Harkin Kevin Harkins Kevin and Harkins. he's like he's out of town out yeah. of country looking yeah. For a photo shoot, yeah, photo, yeah. yeah, and then he just hangs up. And yeah, so, well done. So the six get clear to leave. They let them go, and I like how as they're leaving, you know, Ben Affleck he gives them this, a couple of storyboards to keep, like here a gift. And I like how those two other military guys they just look so excited. They're, so they're like, oh my god, like, <laughs> oh, like sweet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I just like. You know, and that guy, too, the one who is still stonewalling them, he just keeps on looking at Tony Mendez yeah. the whole time it's going on. And even as they get on the shuttle bus, he just gives them that, like, that death stare. Yeah, you know, yeah That man. death to America stare right <laughs> He's a he's, fanatical. Uh, he's yeah. mad well he didn't get one of those storyboards. Yeah, he was like, what the <laughs> F, man? And so, <laughs> so the guards at the airport, you know, as they're getting on the shuttle, they're on there. And the guards at the airport, they get that call that, you know, those Canadians, they're Americans. And so that's when they get the rush. The Iranian guards, they're trying to get through. They're having that chase down. and Shoots the glass of the yeah. door. Yeah. And, you know, but it's, it's all pretty weird. It's boom, boom, boom. They go yeah. into the uh-huh. Canadian ambassador, uh, ambassador's home. Right. Check yes. everything out. Realize that it was a farce. That's yeah. the guy with the cool hair again. That another Iranian guy that was talking to the maid. Yep. shows up at the ambassador's house. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yep. then basically uh, phone call here, phone call there. And then now all of the military knows and they're trying to get at yeah. this plane. Oh, man, because they are exposed. But it's funny. The guy, Stonewall Jackson, I'm just going to call him that. <laughs> he's like, open the door, open the door. And he's getting the flight that attendant. That poor German chick. The Swiss yeah, air lady. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I, I don't know how to work keys or whatever. <laughs> and then he starts banging on it. Then he finally shoots it. He goes into the tarmac and then it's boom. Another lock. <laughs> it's another locked door. Yeah. I don't like locked doors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So then, and then that's when they go in, up into flight. Uh, yeah. Uh, the flight control yeah so basically the iranian the tower, guards, yeah, yeah they're the they're chasing them down and they're chasing them with the cop cars trucks guns all that stuff once again fact check and, all that stuff yeah it was pretty uneventful straight, but yeah. 
you know, I buy it. At yeah, this point, no, but again, yeah. more tension, more trying yeah. to build that. They're like, oh, you're number two in the flight. In yeah, the... <laughs> I like how they say that too. Yeah, yeah. it's well done. You're, they... ta you're taxi number two or whatever. Yeah. I do like how when they bust into the air traffic controller tower and the guys, guys are, are just surprised. like, what, what like, the what hell are, are you doing? Yeah. Like, you know, they're just <laughs> sipping on their coffee, trying to get through the day. And so, so everyone's on there, the whole six, Tony Mendez are all on the plane. And then eventually they get cleared through the Iranian space or sorry, Iranian alcohol. airspace. Yeah. And yeah. And nice then touch. they have that celebration, you know, they're out. Um, the You're, house servant even gets yeah. cleared to go into the Republic of Iran. See it's a nice moment. Yeah, I actually no. really like that touch there. <laughs> and yeah, but she's going to Iraq and this is 1979, 80. Yeah, yeah. Things are going to work out oh, well, maybe, yeah. but still, <laughs> it's a nice Should have tried to get a she's Canadian migrating visa. She, like she gets a, an okay ending. Yeah. yeah, an okay ending. Yeah. If I was her, I would be like, give me a Canadian visa. Like, <laughs> but, I'm just glad she got another scene because she she was a nice piece in this movie. Yeah, yeah she was. Yeah, But it's, it's so funny. They're all crying. They're so happy on the airplane and then everyone else is just around yeah, them. Yeah, they don't know nothing. They don't, they don't know, know, they don't know like, what's going are, on. Why are these guys so happy? <laughs> that's why peanuts and pillow. That one guy on the plane, you know, when you land and he just starts clapping, that's who that is. And yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I hate those guys. Can I just say I hate those guys? <laughs> I, think, I think you have to fact check me or look back in the movie. I think someone looks at the camera directly in the camera. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's literally in the middle of frame. You have the two main characters uh -huh. and in one of the extras, they look directly into the there, camera. There's the nice moment where Scoot, uh, Joe Stafford, comes up and shakes Tony Mendez's hand. I thought yep. Affleck, again, a little stoic there. Uh, he could have put a little more emotion in there. But it's funny. Like I think that the people, they were they were wondering, why are these guys so happy? It's because they were flying with Swiss Air. Yeah. <laughs> Swiss Air is a good airline. They could use that as one of their commercials. Uh, Swiss Air. If it was Spirit, you we'll wouldn't have you any out. of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no happiness on this plane. Yeah. It would have been canceled and they would have been dead. <laughs> I'm turning this around. So we cut back to where they're at the CIA and basically they're saying, you know, Canada's going to take credit for it because if they find out that the U.S. was involved, CIA, all that stuff. Great shot of Tip O'Neill, former yep. Speaker of the House. I, like They put a lot of real footage in here and it all is very seamless. <laughs> yeah, so we have it where they're going to retaliate towards the hostages if they find out that America was involved with this. And then we have it where Brian Cranston is just like, you know, thank you, Canada. And so... We have a couple of quick scenes where they honor everybody. Everybody's getting a medal. Of course, you know, I think rightfully so with the uh, Canadian prime minister and his wife. Rightfully so. They're getting honored sure, at Canada. Sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, they took a lot of risk. But even before that, they say that Canada is going to take all the credit, but they yeah. also get the heat. And they have That's that, that sure. small segment of, um, I don't know, one of the representatives of Iran. Mm -hmm. And they're saying that Canada will pay for their... their it's it's the first time did. anyone that's Canadian ever upset anyone else. Yeah. So, <laughs> first time in history. But no, like, big ups to Canada. Thank you for taking... Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Did they ever get their payback? I don't think Iran. Iran. <laughs> they're still working on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're still working on that. <laughs> they're making there, their own. There movie. was a good moment there. There was a good moment there with John Goodman and Alan Arkin, where he talks about history starts out as farce and ends up as tragedy. Yeah. And then he's like, "Who said that?" And he's like, "Marx, I think." And he's like, "Groucho said." Oh that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice little another, Hollywood. There's so much Hollywood in this movie. You could tell why. Very good dialogue. Very good dialogue. But also, it's. They get out 87 days. Yeah. 87 days. It's a long time. Yeah, it's a long time, yeah. but when you compare it yeah, to exactly. 444. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we have it where Tony Mendez and Lester, they're having that phone call and conversation too as well, you know, where basically Lester's saying he's, you know, eating, he's telling a story how he's eating at a diner and someone holds up the, you know, the newspaper about how Canada got these Americans out. 
and how she's like, why can't we ever do something like that? And Lester's like, you know what I said? Argo, fuck yourself. Argo, yeah. fuck yourself. Yeah. And real quick, the one of the and it works perfectly. There's a there's a short uh, scene where John Goodman is packing up, and then another movie producer or actor comes by and says, "Hey, what happened to your film?" Yeah. And John Goodman says, "Pictures in turnaround." Yeah. What, is, what does that mean? Around. I don't know. I didn't fact check that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm but, not certain. Uh, I'm I, sure it's Hollywood lingo. Yeah, for I don't know the lingo. Got bought out by somebody else. <laughs> yeah, it's where Daredevil is right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. In limbo. So <laughs> so we cut to it where Tony, he's back with Brian Cranston to meet each other again, and he's going to get a super secret CIA mo- medal. Yeah, where no he, one's going to know about, and yep. he has to give back. <laughs> where, yeah, they're giving it, and they're going to give it back. It's a tough job, man. He can't even have his son there or anything like that. And, of course, when he's checking in all this, you know, CIS the Argo script, all the storyboards, he's, you see that he keeps I one of the storyboards. It's a nice yeah, 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 man. I like yeah. it, too. And he gives it to his son. You know, he it, reunites with his When they the show family. all the toys of his son and, and they Star float Trek. to the yes, yeah, yeah, Star cool. Wars, yeah, everything. Planet of the Apes is up yeah. there. Yeah, very cool. I mean, it's 1979. That's Star Wars Prime right yeah, there. Yeah. So. Star Trek 2. Star Trek, <laughs> yeah, Star Trek, Trek 2. Absolutely. So. I misspoke, audience <laughs> members. I meant to say Star Wars, but I oh. said Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> they were both up there, were they? No, I think it's just Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars, I think it was Star Wars and Planet of the Apes. So... Tony is able to reunite with his family. It looks like he gets back together with his wife. I don't know if that that's Taylor Schilling from Orange is the New Black. This doesn't even Who say is she anything. In Orange is the New Black. She's, she's the main. Character. Oh, she's the main one. Yeah, she's I the main didn't one. even. I, I yeah, don't. She doesn't even say anything. But she's know. looking out the window. It's a weird. It's a weird moment. Yeah. So it's the drama. Yeah. They needed that drama. <laughs> good moment though. When it, it is comes a good back. moment. It is yeah, it's a good moment. It doesn't feel disingenuous at all. Yeah. It definitely felt right in that scene. So when then we end it where he's with the son in his son's room and then we get the title cards and then we find out that the hostages at the embassy, they were there for 444 days. And which there's Car- a lot more Jimmy Carter yeah. there, which is kind of nice. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we get those title cards and that's really how the movie ends. They reveal that it was secret until it got revealed, I believe, they, in 97. They show Clinton. the cast versus the real people. Yep. It's In some movies, that's cheap. In this one, it's kind of nice. Oh, I yeah. No, like no. It. It, it definitely kind of showed the credibility of the movie. But also, I thought it was a very nice mm-hmm. touch. Hey, uh, also in the credits, I don't know if you caught this, but... Is it? It says Ben Affleck and George Clooney. I saw that too. Producers. Yeah, George yeah. Clooney and Grant Hesloff are their producers. And if you see, go back and watch the 85th Oscar ceremony for best best picture. They are up on stage with Ben Affleck. Mm. And Grant Hesloff oh. is the guy who introduces Ben Affleck for the speech there. Um, they've done a lot of other movies together. Good Night, Good Luck, Men Who Stare at Goats. That's a team that has worked okay. together before. I so. didn't. I didn't know. Yeah. And when I saw it, I thought, Oh, okay, interesting. And some of the special features, George Clooney's there interviewed talking about the movie how well the script was and, and how much he wanted to do he it he had to take a break from his nescafe absolutely espresso those, commercials. That, i want one of those machines the virtuoso machine from nespresso this things look incredible yeah man <laughs> so that's the movie argo right there we finished off with that now let's go into ratings if you guys could give this movie a rating what rating would you want to give it and well, it could be any wait, rating at all. Wait, did you want to say anything about the 444 days, though? Like, I mean, it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a long time. And again, yeah. you can go ahead and read on your own why it took so long and mm-hmm. what was going on because of that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. It does suck. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my sympathy. I mean, they just get a title card. I mean, it definitely yeah. sucks. and absolutely does. I just feel like the title card, I mean... It's just not as moving as, of course, with the lineup yeah, scene. Yeah, I, I was thinking just, if they had like a scene like them being liberated, that would have yeah. been nice or something. Would, yeah. Uh, or like some sort of they, homage they, to that. But 444 days without a single word. Uh, well, it, they did have a few words about it. But yeah. 
having a little bit of a nicer ending would have been better. Yeah. I think they could have kept the pictures going. Once they introduced the six and Tony Mendez and the rest of the players with mm-hmm. the real pictures and the actors, what you should have done is kept it going with the rest of the hostages being yeah, released yeah. and back with their families. Right. That would have been, like nice. been, been nice. That would have been nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's not a fault, really. Again, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a not about movie. Them. You're it's already a, kind of so. breaching over it. I do wish they would have got a little bit more credit than just title cards, especially because of that emotional scene yeah. from Maybe earlier. you guys know this. When I first saw the movie theater, I feel like when they were playing the title cards at the end, I thought Aerosmith's Dream On was there. But uh, when I went back to do research, it's in the trailers. They mm-hmm. play Aerosmith's Dream On, but it's not in the credits of the movie. Mm-hmm. Was it ever in there? And I'm just watching I don't remember hearing it. Yeah, I don't know, maybe not. Okay. I don't remember ever But I like it. that song in this movie. It fits I, real well. I think my biggest problem with the ending is that everything is being tied up. Everything is mm-hmm. being presented with this nice little bow and everything is wrapping up really nicely. And then you're left with this, oh, and also it took 444 days for these hostages Such to get out. So <laughs> it's a weird flaw of the movie that they don't yeah, it, it just it, you're, you're feeling good. You're like, oh, man, it's great. They made it out. Awesome. Uh-huh. It's great. And then all of a sudden you brought down a little bit. 444 it, days. That's like, a long look, if time. If you wanted to yeah. pick on this movie, the, the idea that they made it and they told this story instead of the uh, story about the 444 days uh-huh. is because Hollywood's involved with this story and Hollywood loves Hollywood. Yeah, no, so no. do we criticize that it do. for that? Or is there other movies like Syriana, Munich, Zero mm-hmm. Dark Thirty came out the same year? there's more serious tones maybe more impactful in the sacrifices people make on these things no, it, it just, I'm not so sure this one covered that so well it just doesn't make you feel good at the end of a movie you right. know like the girl yeah. goes to Syria I did feel great coming out of liberated. Movie, oh yeah, by the you. way these people you know they exactly, suffer for yeah. more than a year and so. I think that's the main point that I'm trying yeah. to convey yeah, yeah, I could see that, and I definitely wish they would have gotten a little bit more screen time. But I mean, moving on, anything else you guys want to add on to it until before we go into ratings? Uh, not really. I mean, again, it would only cost forty-four and a half million dollars to make, and I would say Ben Affleck as a director makes cheaper movies uh-huh. up until *Live by Night*, which he got greenlit after the Donna Justice deal with mm-hmm. Warner Brothers. He had been making really economical movies that were making a lot of money. *Argo* makes one thirty-six domestically, ninety-six overseas for a movie like this. Right, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, so credit to him for that. And I don't know if you said it last episode or if we did it off recording, but you said that Ben Affleck does a better job directing than he does acting, and yeah. I agree with that. I and strongly honestly, believe that. I, can see I that. really believe that. He's got some good acting performances, but I would argue he's a better director and a better writer. He also co-wrote mm-hmm. Goodwill Hunting. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a, he's a pretty good writer, too. I mean, when you're doing both directing, writing, and acting, you know, something's going to fall through the cracks. You know, you, agree, just, yeah. you just can't do it all right there. So... Ratings? What would you guys give? What would you guys give this movie as far as ratings go? Shoot, if I you wanted to give it a rating. Me personally, with with its faults, very little, very little faults, and I only right. I don't only pick up on them now after we've dissected each of the uh-huh. scenes. I would give it probably an eight out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really high score. Yeah. Back, in, <laughs> back in, I'm a tough grader. Back in 2012 on the blog, tsames.blogspot.com, I had Silver Linings Playbook at seven and a half, Life of Pi at seven, Argo at seven, and The Impossible, which is a Naomi Watts movie. Great, great movie about the uh, tsunami that occurred. All those movies at seven. I, I actually think, in retrospect, looking back at this seven years down the road, 
Argo might be the most rewatchable mm-hmm. of those top three. So maybe I should revisit that. Maybe I bump it to a seven and a half. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly well made. And there are so many little parts I forgot about that are so much fun and so easy to watch that I think it's worth revisiting and maybe saying is better than Life of Pi, better than mm-hmm. Silver Linings Playbook. <laughs> I actually feel really bad now that Ben Affleck didn't even get nominated for Best Director here. Right. Kind of a ripoff considering it won Best Picture. He won the Golden Globe for Best Direction. How they couldn't nominate him for that is pretty crazy. Uh-huh. I'm point so. I'm point five points away from Nick's I'm gonna go rating. seven and a half. <laughs> and, User Ryan and convinced mine, me to bump it up. Mine is a high. <laughs> yeah. well, <you> know. <laughs> I mean with me, I would definitely put around that eight range right there. So eight yeah. bat flex out of ten bat flex, I guess you could say. And so Yeah, batarang. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. And, let me let me just talk about Chris Terrio for a second because he won the Oscar at thirty five years old for best adapted screenplay for this movie. He goes on to write such small indie films as Justice League, Donna Justice. Uh, he's writing the current Star Wars Episode Nine. Wow, How do you go man. from Argo, one of his first big yeah. hits, to that stuff on a sharp turn like that? Wow. And none of those are <laughs> great. I mean, yeah. let's see what Episode Nine turns out to be, but I don't know, man. That's a weird career for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I because this is genius. This right. is a, one of the best screenplays maybe ever. Uh-huh. Maybe he's just trying to expand his genres. You know what I is mean? Is that what he's doing? Star Wars, I mean, Batman. I don't know if that's what he's doing. <laughs> when it comes to these writers and these directors, sometimes they just do better on smaller budget movies. And when it comes to the bigger budget stuff, sometimes they just can't do it. And it's yeah. shown a lot. Yeah. I mean, John Carpenter, Degree for one, you know, to get off side tangent, yeah. you know, he is amazing with small budget. You know what it may be is that when you talk about Don and Justice, Justice League, these sorts of things are noted to death and there's so much expectation. Mm-hmm. Bigger, 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 budget, 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 uh, fan service, fan service. Argo didn't really have any of that. Yeah. So they actually got to do probably more of what they wanted. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's the More disconnect. leg room yeah. to exactly Low expectations, want, so. build something yeah. great. <laughs> Seven Oscar nominations for Argo. And I'm going to say this one more time. We, we haven't got to MVP of this movie yet, but Alan Arkin was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, but did not win, which is outrageous. <laughs> outrageous. Who won that year? Christoph Waltz for Django. Mm. Oh, okay. He went back to back. Back to back, Inglorious Bastards and Django. The Inglorious Bastards performance, okay, I'm not going to argue with that one, but the Django one, eh, eh. I could still see how... It's a loaded yeah. category. Let me see if I have it. I, it was it was De Niro for Silver Linings, and that's a movie I still love. Uh-huh. It was um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman mm-hmm. for Master, okay. the Master. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones for Lincoln, who's very good. Christoph for Django, and um, Arkin for Argo. It's a loaded category. I mean, but Arkin owns every uh-huh. scene he's in here. Come on, <laughs> on a, 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 little, a little peek behind the curtain for the audience. We are this close to doing Django instead of Argo. <laughs> Man, let's do. Do it. Let's do Jango. <laughs> I got time, problems with that movie. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, as far as like with Oscars go, I always feel like Oscars they always kind of pick over subject. What? Yeah, yeah. It's just and it's politics. Hollywood you know? loves Hollywood. You're yeah, never gonna get away from it's that. It's like yeah, the movies you remember ten years from now aren't the ones usually who've won the Oscars. Did, usually. Did and anybody so. see Life of Pi? That's no, an Ang Lee nah. movie. The guy who did Brokeback. Nobody I saw, saw the that? memes. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's a, I still I want to go back and revisit that. I wonder how I feel about that seven years later. <laughs> so. Moving on as far as ratings go, yeah. I mean, eight and my only reason is just because that tension towards the end, some of it I really liked, some of it I felt yeah, yeah, a little I not agree. always as needed and just extended that a little bit more. But is there anything else you guys want to add on to this movie before we move on to We've Got Mail? Uh, the, the MVP, honestly, let me get on record. MVP for this film has got to be Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin was yes. like every time he totally came concur. on screen, I just loved it. Uh-huh. Really sold it. 
his uh, his delivery, his dialogue. It was great. I enjoyed his performance. Owns every second he's in <laughs> front of that camera. Laura Kennedy is the person who did casting in this movie. And similar to Star Trek 2009, her last episode, casting as a whole. Alan Arkin's the MVP, but this movie top to bottom has so many little bit players uh-huh. that are yeah, so Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'll give it to John, so. Hey, John. Yeah. John <laughs> Scoop McNeary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, this is the best he's ever been in a movie. The best Scoot's ever been in a movie. You speak Farsi? I want to make a movie in Iran. I speak Farsi. Tangent, since Tyler brought it up, Scoot McNary's great in True True Detective this year. Yeah, that's where I was recognizing him He's so good. Yeah, he's so good in it. So, anything else you guys want to add on? Not to Argo. Go ahead. All right. right. So, as far as uh, we've got mail, we got a letter here. So, it's... How does Talking Flick crew feel about the Mission Impossible franchise? Mission Impossible Fallout was the, my favorite movie of the year. Do you think someone other than Tom Cruise could take over the franchise? If so, whom? Ethan. Producer Ryan, you go first. Oh, man. why? <laughs> you got to give me some time to think <laughs> Danny about it. No, I, no, really, no. <laughs> I really liked Mission Impossible Fallout. It didn't quite make my top 10, but it was right there. Right. It's such a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, years ago, they tried to get Jeremy Renner to kind of take over there. Uh, didn't work very yeah. well. I don't know if that's because Tom Cruise kind of pushed him out or that's they rewrote hard. the script. Can you replace Tom Cruise in that? It's just, mm. he's it's, been doing it for yeah, De- decades. There was the one crappy John Woo Mission Impossible Two movie. Yeah. I didn't like that one. No um, one talks about that one. Nobody talks about than, that yeah. one. But since then, they've sort of steadily got better. Yeah, in my eyes, and I think it's like Fast and Furious. It could go on forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I give it a lot of credit. I do think someone else could take uh, the main role. It wouldn't necessarily be Ethan Hunt. It'd be somebody else. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think John Krasinski. Well, I'll say that guy and everything. I I actually had Mission Impossible Fallout ahead of Black Panther, which got nominated for Best Picture. Uh So if you're going to nominate a big blockbuster, movies like Infinity War, Mission Impossible Fallout, then maybe Black Panther would be my top three. Uh, So, you know, I don't know. I I feel good about the franchise, but I don't think, you know. Yeah, I I think it'd be really hard to replace Tom Cruise. Honestly, he's Mm -hmm. Mission Impossible in my eyes. He's a madman, too. Listen, for for you millennials, (laughs) there was a Mission Impossible before this. Uh, Yeah, yeah, no, no. And I did watch that on Uh television before. I I saw the TV show, man. I know what's up. But, like, given... I think that Tom Cruise, despite all the memes and despite what everyone says about him and Scientology and all that, I... It's all weird, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's all, all weird. super weird. Like, if you separate the actor from what their art is creating or whatever, oh, sure. like, I think Tom Cruise great actor. He loves actor. doing that move, those yeah. movies, though. And He's I, a madman. Like, <laughs> and they just one-up it with, it's like, we got the stunt thing first, and then we base the rest of the I movie think, around it. I think Tom Cruise is just trying to kill himself in these movies, and he just doesn't die. All right, question. Henry Cavill versus Tom Cruise. Cruise. I love the fight Who would scene. Win? Man. It was a great fight real scene. Life, in the real did, we, did we all see Fallout when they're when he smashes the guy's head <laughs> yeah. on the sink and stuff? That was great. I think Henry Cavill is like a foot taller than Tom Cruise. Yeah, but Tom he? Cruise is a madman. <laughs> he is. He's insane. Henry yeah, he's, Cavill. He's gonna, I like Henry Cavill as a bad guy. I, I like, like him, him like too, that. But I, I think oh, he's yeah, good like Tom that. Cruise is the type to jump on your torso and then bite off your nose. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He's we'll never see Superman like the Injustice version of Superman, but it probably would have been cool. At least some of it. When I was watching the Mission Impossible, the late Fallout, right? Was Fallout, the latest yeah, one? That's one. Every great time, helicopter scene too. Uh, every time there was a scene on there, I'm just like, oh, Tom Cruise really did that. <laughs> like every time. And I was just like, when Henry he just Cavill... gets off on it, he gets off on like getting actually hit in the face or something. It's kind of weird. The whole thing's weird. And, and he's all, a madman. He's a madman. But when it comes down to it, in all honesty, it's very hard for me to kind of picture someone else right. in the role of of what's Tom Cruise. Okay, character? so maybe Ethan I'll Hunt. ask it. Ethan uh, Hunt. Can, yeah. can I ask it in a different question than the listener asked? Yeah. Do you want Mission Impossible to end when Tom Cruise says I'm done? How about that? I would like it to end. Take a break. 
then maybe restart it down the road. But let there be some breathing room from that. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I mean, I'll go with that too. Yeah, same thing with the James Bond thing we're kind of talking about. Let it breathe. Let it breathe a bit and then get back to it. So, but yeah, so. That's what we got for We Got Mail. Any other questions you guys want to throw out We didn't get your MVP of Argo, Tyler. Can we I gave it up. It was John. You want yeah, John's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah I, exactly. You cut that out, producer, right? <laughs> he's, no, he's a close second. He's <laughs> yeah. definitely a close second. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'd put him second. I would put him second, yeah. actually. <laughs> so we're going to go into our next segment right there. Almost done, guys, I promise. And it's recommendations. Anything you're reading, watching, listening to that you want to recommend. Okay, I have been listening to a, uh, a singer uh, before was a rapper. His name is Joji. I don't know if you guys know him. He's re- like, honestly, he blew up out of nowhere. He, for some of you millennials out there, you may know him as Filthy Frank or the pink guy. Oh, Filthy Frank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Filthy Frank. Yeah. So he cleaned up his act and now his, his new alias is Joji. Check out his stuff. It's really nice. It's, it's cool. <laughs> Very chill. Has this n- nice, like, hip hop. Like, uh, what's, a, what's a comp? Give us a comp. Like, is it Childish Gambino? Is oh it no, no, it's Montel Jordan. It's a little bit it? of like, uh, like Kid Cudi mixed with some. Oh, Kid Cudi, I like yeah, it a lot. Well, not so much rapping, but there's that there's the singing and atmospheric sort of stuff. It's kind of like uh, elevated, elevated right. hip hop. You right. had me at Filthy Frank, so <laughs> I've only seen like part of his stuff, but yeah, so that's yeah. a weird one. I like yeah, it. he's insane before, but now he killed that character, and he's Joji now. It's oh kind of weird. God. If you want to talk to me about it, come and tweet me. Yeah. Anything you want to recommend, Nick? Well, we got the 91st Academy Awards this week. If you go to my blog, tsames.blogspot.com, I'll have my predictions after the show. I'll do a recap of it. I did put up last week's episode of the podcast. I also reprinted out my 2009 take on Star Trek 2009. Uh, <laughs> and it was pretty It was pretty weird to read it and then watch it again and think, like, do I feel it the same way? And I kind of do. I kind of feel the same way all these years later. So that's pretty much it. That the season finale of True Detective is Sunday. Not giving up on that till that one's over. <laughs> I need to catch to, up on it. <laughs> there's a lot to cover in the last episode. I don't know what how they're gonna tie up all the loose ends in the no last spoilers. episode. No spoilers. Cover my ears. So I'll, I'll I'll just shout out the top three movies of, of the year for me were Bohemian Rhapsody, Creed. Black Klansman, and a real, real close Green Book. Those were my top three-ish. So, <laughs> I think one of those will take home the Oscar. I'm pretty certain that was four movies. Yeah, well, you know why? Because Creed, Creed, Creed 2 didn't get nominated, even though I think it's an incredible movie. Uh-huh. It did not get nominated for an Oscar. So, <laughs> so as far as my recommendation goes, I haven't finished this movie yet, but I started watching Sorry to Bother You. Oh, it's a great oh, movie. Okay. Yeah, so All I started right. watching well, it. Great is a, it's, a, it's an interesting film. Okay, yeah. Interesting. I started watching I'm getting. I'm starting to get really into it. Hopefully, I can finish it by this weekend end. I don't know. I got two exams on Tuesday. Yes. We'll see how that goes right there. So. That is, uh, what's the actress's name from Thor Ragnarok? <sighs> and she was in Westworld. Yeah. Uh, she was in the Creed also. Uh, man, she's yeah, great. She plays she's the, great. She plays the girlfriend. Yeah, she plays the girlfriend. Yeah. I can't even remember. It's, she's not English. I think she's actually American. I think but, she's American. Yeah, I think she's yeah. American. So yeah, she it's is, all right. We'll, she's we'll got look a great later. So. <laughs> you can look that up, listener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll just move into our last segment. Plugs. Okay. <laughs> so follow ryan why don't you give us away yeah uh, check it out oh, if you guys like listening to my voice you can find me up on dragon questicles it's a real play role play podcast on DD. uh if you like the whole fantasy genre check us out dragon questicles on itunes you can follow me on twitter and instagram at ryan underscore.com that's ryan with an i underscore d-o-t-c-o-m I also listen to Dragon Questicles. That's a great show. Please check it out. Those guys are incredible. I don't have uh, an ounce of the creativity that those guys have to make that stuff up on the fly. Uh, as always, the blog, tsames.blogspot.com, Oscar preview, Oscar recap, 
And then, of course, Talking Flick. This is an incredible movie podcast. I'm happy to be here. I hope they invite me back. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if your contract. We'll see how out. next week goes. So, or we'll, go fuck yourself, Ryan. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a little surprise for next week. I'm going to run it by the guys. But hopefully next week will be a nice little surprise. So, <laughs> so uh, Talking Flick, you can reach us at Flick underscore Talking for Twitter. You can tweet at us, questions, recommendations, whatever you want gmail talking flick at gmail.com hey if you really like the show you can support us chuck in a buck become a patreon there should be a link on whatever app you're listening to us on uh one way to really help out the show tell your friends tell your family steal their phone download episodes on their phone you know just get the word out rate and review us yeah there you go rate review us tell us what we're doing right tell us what we're doing wrong yep (laughs) rate review us on any app that you're listening to right there so i think that's pretty much it unless there's anything else you guys want to add no kurt russell as han solo no (laughs) (laughs) all right guys we'll stay safe out there we'll see you guys next week or talk to you guys next week take care